Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Character and Smallman Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Guess what day it is? It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. It is 701. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And guess what day it is? Yeah, Friday. Guess what weekend it is? The man. He had a beard. Yep. The big guy making the comeback. We're going to talk comebacks in the 8 o'clock hour here on 101 ESPN. Michelle, I know that you don't necessarily endorse the segment that's coming up in an hour, but it's going to be fun. Yeah, I might recuse myself from that one, Randy. I already have Sister Jean on my bad side. I don't need to get the big man mad at me, too. The big man, look, it's the greatest comeback of all time. Everybody else is fighting for second, really. So it's not like we're denigrating what the big guy has. The the big guy, he wins. It's actually the big guy's son. That's I guess, true. I, guess yeah. I guess they are from from That's the same, so it's point. like tied for first, but still. If we were going to make the Mount Rushmore, he'd be George Washington every time. He's yeah. number one with a bullet. You know, he's, he's there at the top, and he showed him how to go away, and then come back. <laughs> Randy. <laughs> so anyway, we got a little contest going on this morning. Uh, before we get to the Blues win and the Cardinals loss, Michelle, you want to uh, explain to people what's going on here's here this morning? Here's what we're doing today. It's a little man versus food. Randy Carricker <laughs> tends to make bold claims about things that he can do. Oh, he's already diving in. Get in there. So Randy said earlier in the week that he could eat the one-pound Reese's Easter Bunny, and he said he could do it in an hour. He said, if you get me started at 7 o'clock, I'm done by 8.01. So what did I do? I went out to Target. I purchased the one-pound Reese's Bunny that is the size of a normal water bottle, by the way. A little bigger. A little bigger, maybe. I don't know about the ears. And uh, Randy's going to town here. He said 8.01. We're putting him to the test. Not only can Randy eat this by 8.01 is the first part of this challenge. Can he finish the show without crashing is <laughs> the second part of the challenge. And now he's, he's got a, that mouth, is the question. a mouthful of Reese's Bunny and he's laughing. So this is going to be entertaining. I just can't wait till the 8 o'clock hour where we have a jacked up Randy character on a sugar high talking to Joy Vitale. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. It'll be fun. So the Blues... One again last night, 6-2 over the Buffalo Sabres. The Buffalo Buffaloes, as they call them in the afternoon show. The Fast Lane with Anthony Stolcher, Jamie Rivers, and Brad Thompson. Shout out to our guy, Chris Duncan. Uh, yeah, he called them the Buffalo Buffaloes initially. So last night, the Blues don't score first. First time in seven games they hadn't scored first. But they bounced back. David Perron, our guy, scoring at the end of the first period. And then in the at the beginning of the second period, Brandon Saad scored for the Blues to make it 2-1. Tuck came back for Buffalo to tie the game, but then at the 7-18 mark of the second period, the Blues' big guy again got rolling. Takes it towards the goal, sweeps it in behind the net, throws on the break, centers, Butchnevich to Tarasenko, he scores!
Vladimir Tarasenko with a three-point game. A wide-open net on some nifty passing by his line mates. And a loser on top three to two. 12.42 to play, period number two. So it's three to two, and we're thinking, wow, that was a cool goal. And then this happened. Tarasenko, he's in the clear, he scores! Tarasenko! He tucks it in with a great move. A four-point game. He's got two goals, and the Blues are leading 4-2. to two. 7.15 to go here in the period. And the best part about it, Randy, he wasn't done. No, but that was vintage. That was vintage Vladdy, one-on-two, one-on-three, taking the team on his shoulders. But you're right. He wasn't done. Butchnevich scoring in the third period at the 6.18 mark, and before the game was over... Sabres center to get it to Tody Eakin. Lost it. Tarasenko to the empty net. He's got it. He scores. If you've got a hat, chuck it in your radio. Vladimir Tarasenko with a hat trick in Buffalo tonight has given the Blues a 6-2 lead with 2.28 to play in the third period. This has to be regarded as one of the great comebacks of all time, doesn't it? Basically two years without playing, 34 games in two years. He has 31 goals this year. He's played the entire schedule, and he really has, well, he leads the Blues in goals. He's their number one goal scorer this year. An unbelievable night for Big Daddy Vladdy Randy. A career-best five-point outing. He gets the Hattie. He gets the game-winner. He hits that 30-goal mark, as you mentioned. And that line has been unbelievable. Crazy good. Crazy good. And they have been a huge reason why the Blues are on the seven-game win streak and why they're surging towards the playoffs. But... What Vladimir Tarasenko has been doing this season is absolutely remarkable. Not only because we hadn't seen it in a while, but because we how many, how many of us had the conversation? We didn't know if he would ever be physically capable of doing this again. A lot of people, after they have multiple surgeries on the same injury, would be a little hesitant or you, you wouldn't see the same skill set. He's played tough. He's played heavy. He's played without fear. And he is a huge reason why the Blues are having success. Not to mention being able to compartmentalize all the things off the ice about wanting yeah. to be moved and put all that aside. Not everybody could do that either, but an unbelievable an unbelievable season for, for Vladdy. Robert Thomas assisted on the last five Blues goals. He now has 53 on the season. But back to Vladdy, Coach Craig Berube, why that success recently? Well, work, you know, he's skating. That's the biggest thing. He skates, he puts people on edge, you know, driving wide, <clears throat> you know, just speed plays. He's skating strong, you know, and he, he goes to the net. Michelle, some numbers from our friend Lou Korak at NHL.com. Last 18 games for Tarasenko, 26 points on 12 goals and 14 assists. So 26 and 25 for Vladdy. Thomas, in his last 15, has 29 points, 10 goals, 19 assists. And Buchnevich in the last 14, because he missed a couple, 19 points, 7 goals, 12 assists in 14 games for Buchnevich. The, the line together, 74 points. 29 goals and 45 assists in their last 18. One of, if if not the hottest line in hockey right now. I would say so. Unreal. And by the way, something Vladdy hasn't always done, always really hasn't been in condition to do, something that Robert Thomas had to learn how to do and something Pavel Buchnevich I didn't know could do, they all play defense. They all play a 200-foot game, which is remarkable. Where are we placing Pavel Buchnevich on the list of Doug Armstrong wizardry moves? You got him for a second rounder in Sammy Blay. Doug Armstrong wizardry includes getting rid of the Chris Stewart contract to Buffalo in the Ryan Miller trade and getting rid of the Yori Laterra contract. That is true wizardry. I, I would say this is thievery. Okay. 
but armed robbery. Yeah, it's top five in terms of yeah armed robbery. But man, getting rid of Latera in the Shen trade is just unbelievable. And getting Ryan O'Reilly too. Throw that yeah, in the mix, right. Obviously, he's pretty good, isn't he? Uh, Army. He's unreal. Even when he makes a move and at the outset you say, oh, yeah, okay, I could see it. In the, even in the immediacy, if you're questioning it, it always seems to pay dividends down the road. And this one's definitely on the list. When the Blues drafted Robert Thomas, they said he's an elite playmaker. He's going to be a number one center and a great playmaker. Last night becomes the first Blues since Doug Waite to pick up 50 assists in a season. He has 53. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean... I think the most important thing is just getting getting the team in shape for playoffs. They're coming right around the corner, and uh, you know we know every win means so much, uh, especially with home ice on the line. So uh, I think that's that's the main thing. Randy, I don't want to peek too soon because mm-hmm. we still have a, a handful of games left to play. Yeah, a and handful of uh, yeah, I was wondering you're pieces. you're losing pace here. You're not even through one ear, Randy, and it's seven oh nine in St. Louis. That time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Randy, I don't want to peek too soon. But we're getting closer to the playoffs. Yes, the team is on a seven-game win streak. But it just seems like everything is clicking at the right time. This is a dangerous team heading into the playoffs. Randy, I'm watching the game last night. And I'm thinking, why can't they win the Stanley Cup? Their, the- go- their goaltending has been there. Jordan Bennington with another strong strong night between the pipes. The scoring is there. You've got chemistry. The defense has been stepping up. They're physical. Why can't they? What, what if everything goes right? I'm starting to think too positively again. No, I don't there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to peek too soon. By the way, last night, of all things, I was rooting for the Dallas Stars. Weird. That yeah, must have felt weird. It was. But they didn't wind up winning. Minnesota knocked them off in overtime by a score of 3-2. to two. Frederick Gaudreau scoring a minute 40 into OT. So Minnesota and the Blues still tied now with 98 points in the Central Division. It's crazy. Meanwhile, the Blues played in the 4-1-4 last night. That would be Milwaukee. Tickets were 414 for 5,000 of the tickets. The game started at 414. At least it started for the Brewers as they knocked off the Cardinals by a score of 5 to 1. And the shell, not the best of days for our friend Adam Wainwright. And it's still early. We're going to get to the how early it is in just a moment. But Waino was uh, not what he would like to be. He only goes four and a third. And in those four and a third innings, Waino allowed. Eight hits, four runs. He struck out seven and walked two. Yeah, yeah. Just didn't, just uh, I didn't have my good sinker today. Um, didn't have a uh, good cutter today. I had at times I had a good cutter today, and at times it was a real mistake pitch. But I did not have a good sinker at all at all today. Um, so I think they were able to kind of key on on some slow stuff, understanding that I didn't have some of my weapons, but. Um, you still got to execute. Still got to make pitches. Still got to figure out ways to get outs. And and uh, I just I fell into some some probably some uh, some patterns that were easy to track. And then without all the you know without all your stuff. I didn't feel great about it, Randy, when our old friend Colton Wong had that leadoff triple mm-hmm, right. <laughs> down the right field line to open the game. Not not a great feeling, but just like Brandon Woodruff bounced back from what was uncharacteristic of him in the outing prior. I have no doubt that Adam Wainwright will as well. I keep try, I keep trying to think this. This is still an extended part of spring, spring training. A lot of these guys are still trying to find themselves. Michelle, the original spring training had the Cardinals playing 30 games. Their 30th game will be on April 25th. Today is April 15th. No, Nobody's where they want to be. Right. And the Cardinals certainly aren't where they wanted to be on a regular opening day. 
And even when the Cardinals have had their best teams, when they won 104 games in 2004, they started off the season 23 and 22. When they won 101 games in 1985, they started off 20 and 20. So you just want to hang in. And they're evaluating now, especially in the bullpen. They're taking a look at what Albert Pools can do against right-handers, obviously. I was surprised, and I, I wasn't thrilled when he was in the lineup last night, but he had one of their five hits and almost hit a home run to make it 4-2 mm-hmm. to end the sixth inning. So that worked out well. There's a lot of evaluation that's going on here. This is still spring training. It is, and it just is unfortunate for these these teams that you're trying to figure all that out, but these games count. And especially in a division where you're, you're likely going to be going against the Brewers, uh, to win the division, these are games that you don't want to look back on and say, oh, yeah, too bad we didn't find ourselves earlier in the season, and too bad we didn't have mm. our best stuff versus the Brewers early in the season. What do you say it gets early late? Yeah, it does. But even the Brewers though, are 4-3. and three. The Brewers are tied with the Cardinals. I know, but even though it's a it's a long season, I just you never know. The, the Cardinals started off hot, right? Yeah. But they're playing the Pirates. They're, they're playing the Royals. They're playing opposition that they should beat, and I just don't want them against teams that are better to be – Scuffling a little at the outset when you're looking at it, and it's yeah. still essentially spring training. Right. You're going to win 60, you're going to lose 60. It's what you do with the other 42 that count. Wise words. Thank you. I like that. Randy, you Matthew's better, trying to figure that baby out. You better isn't get it, isn't, it, isn't it everybody wins 54, everybody loses 54? It's what you do with the other 54 that. Yeah, basically, it's going to be you're going to win 60, <laughs> you're going to lose 60. Because most teams aren't going to, at the best, you're going to go 102. Unless you're the Dodgers. You just changed the math on me and I got really confused. Oh, 60, for a 60, second. Okay. That's the old uh, Tommy Lasorda. You're not even a third of the way through that rabbit. And, and we're not even a third of the way through the hour. 714. All I'm saying, Randy, is you better get cruising. All right, Peak and Pit next on 101 ESPM. <laughs> we're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Up into the peaks or into the pit. Peaks and pits. Join in on the conversation with Carriker and Smallman now. Text 65780. This is 101 ESPN. Just got a text from our friend Lisa. Lisa. It's the first week of the season. It is. He's the best. By the way, the studio reeks in a good way of peanut butter. Good. That's peak and pit time. So Oh wait, should I should we do a bunny update? (laughs) It's a bunny update. Bunny update. Well yeah we can do that. Randy, where you at with this bad boy? So I've taken care of the ears pretty much and now I'm working on the feet. How you feeling? Feel great. (laughs) So my peak of the week peak of the week is uh, that I'm eating this one pound chocolate Reese's bunny fantastic chocolate to peanut butter ratio by the way get this for your kids easter bunny second thing though my pit of the week yeah is that i just have no confidence from my cohorts here these two michelle we've known forever matthew who i haven't known as long but i know (laughs) knows of my eating abilities yeah no confidence that i could handle a one pound reese's bunny in an hour he takes a massive bite. I've been nothing but supportive, sir. Randy, I have known you for a long time, 
and I support you and all of your endeavors. You know that. I've got your back. But this is a big undertaking in one hour. I also put into account the fact that you're talking for at least 45 Mm -hmm. minutes of that hour. Mm -hmm. So we're really talking about perhaps a 15-minute window, maybe 13-minute window for you to get this done. Because you've got commercials you need to read. We're talking about what we're going to do the next segment. We're not really doing that. We moved all the commercials. <laughs> but uh, you're you're making progress, and I am proud of you for that. I still don't think you're going to be able to Come get on, it done. <laughs> I'll go ahead and vamp a little bit. I'll give I, you, I did my peak and bit. I know. I, I will um, go ahead and give you mine. Okay. Randy, my peak is that the Blues are surging right now. Seven in a row for your St. Louis Blues. And it is so fun to have a team that you could feel that you feel like could actually win. And that's how I feel about the Blues right now. And they're my peak. And I love that it's Vladimir Tarasenko, by yeah. the way, that's putting the team on his back. And that we're seeing a star, someone that we know to be a star, be a star. That's always fun. Get that man an extension. Maybe. <laughs> How about that? Does he want to stay? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, apparently, he's been telling teammates and uh, coaches that he wants to. Uh, you know what will make somebody want to stay? Win a cup. Mm-hmm. Win another cup. Money. Money, too. That helps. Respect. Yeah. You know, all of those things. And uh, my pit, Randy, is that the studio smells of chocolatey peanut butter deliciousness, and I can't have any of it. You can No, you- Randy. No. <laughs> we are people of integrity. And... There's a lot of people cheering for you on social media right now. And on the text line. And on the text line. By the way, if you want to see the actual bunny, we have posted it on socials. I think I posted it on Twitter. I'll post it on Instagram, too, at msmallman. That's M-O-N, like Jamaican Mon. Uh, But you'll see, this is, in fact, a one-pound bunny. And the bunny has a curiously positive face. (laughs) He doesn't know what's coming. He really doesn't. So that's my peek and pick. I woke up feeling dangerous today. Did you? Okay, Baker. (laughs) I like the strategy that you're going, that you're working both, you know, you're going from either end. You take out the ears, you take out the feet, work towards the torso. So I like like the strategy. My old friend, the late, great Charlie Spoonhour, said he didn't like to eat anything with a face. And I said, even a chocolate bunny? And he said, even a chocolate bunny. So he was vegetarian? Yeah. Cheese pizza on Thanksgiving. Wow. And not a, not even a pescatarian because fish have face. Yeah, right. They have a face. You know, you when you go somewhere and they plop the whole fish down and it's looking Don't at you, like it. the eyes are there. I'm like, could have done without that. Yeah, me too. Could have done without that. All right, go ahead, Matt. So hold on, one quick one. <clears throat> My wife and her best friend used to do creative wrapping for birthday presents. And one year, their birthdays, I think, are both in January. My wife definitely is. <laughs> but yes, cover. one year she had me go get a fish, a whole fish. We cut it open, put the present like a pair of earrings inside and froze it. What? And that was the wrapping, was a, a frozen whole fish. Oh, that is outrageous. <laughs> that is 10 points for creativity. Wow. Very good, Randy. Alrighty then. 573 Peak. I'm a retired chef who bakes desserts for two restaurants and businesses, and businesses exploding, good. including being requested. Pitt, they're not letting Sosa play over to Young. Oh. Yeah. So happy in business, and then a random turn into I have one problem five games into this Cardinals season, ladies and gentlemen. Randy, do the Tony La Russa, please. Fire it off. It's the first week of the season. It's the first week of the season, people. I believe that is has Lars. Lars hasn't seen an at-bat yet either. they got to get those guys onto the field at some point. Yeah, I did think we were going to see a little bit more of that. From the 314 peak, my daughter, firstborn, was born two weeks ago. Oh, yay. Congratulations. Pitt, yesterday was my first day back at work and the first day back in the office in three months. 
That's always rough. Yeah, that's that, that. But you know, congratulations on the on our on salespeople are all out because we're getting our sales area completely renovated, and they don't. You know, salespeople, they they don't like being away from being able to talk to other people, so they're all bummed out. Seems like we have a social group too. We sure do. A little bit of a stone in the glass house on that one, Randy. Uh, Five hundred three T texting in. Peak. The Pirates weren't slept last weekend. Pit. They lost the two games I went to. P.S. Opening day was oh. awesome, especially the introduction of the Hall of Famers. Your pirate fam. I guess so. It's okay. <laughs> um, fire off the the Tony thing too. It's the first week of the season. Yeah. You're in, it's tough to get a sweep, especially in the first week of the season. Finding yourself. Yeah. Even though the pirate man are the pirates bad. Yeah. That's really bad. I mean, it's embarrassingly bad for that ownership. 636 peak. We get a lot of Michelle talking this morning. Pit. I can't stop drooling for some of that Reese's. Well, thank you for saying it's a peak. I'm sure a lot of people think it's a pit that I'm going to have to vamp more today. Um, but I am with you, 636. Yeah, it's, it's killing me. It smells very, very delicious in here. I, just, I feel like we're in Hershey, PA. Right? I've never been there, but Randy told me the streets smell like chocolate. The air smells like chocolate in Hershey, PA. I could move there. You could? Yep. Don't you think you'd. Don't you think you'd get sick of it, though? I know that's our Thursday segment, but don't you think if you have access to something all the time and Not you're if I eating could eat it, these for breakfast every morning. I was gonna say, <laughs> yes, clearly, like a pig in the muck, the man, the man would be happy as sin in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Do you ever do that though, where you have a, a recipe that you love and then you make it so much that you're like, I can't even stand the thought of chicken fajitas. I do. That's what it would be like if you lived in Hershey, PA. You'd be like, I can't, I can't smell this anymore. I can't smell chocolate anymore. He's got a mouthful of Reese's peanut I butter bunny. Okay, Matt, what else do we have? That's uh, what we got right now. A lot of people are just, I mean, we have a lot of a very effusive reaction to the challenge. People are wanting to challenge me. People are saying uh, Randy, Randy's eating isn't really that annoying. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing. People are saying beating Randy at a one-pound chocolate rabbit would be easier than beating him at the fight. I mean, wow. this, cho- this chocolate bunny challenge has gotten the listeners going here on a Friday morning. There's people that are just texting in Randy, yeah. Randy, <laughs> Randy. One. If Randy goes into a diabetic coma, please well, call 911. Here's the cool thing. I am going to eat just, a, you guys are seeing it, like a one inch by one inch square of pure protein right now. Is that just PB? It's just PB. Yeah, well, there might be something else added to the PB, but I'm saying it's just protein. It delicious. makes me nervous that the peanut butter is so solid. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Normally, the peanut butter, when you get it in the jar, it, it's got a little bit more of a liquid texture. You can't sure. hold it. Never never stare too long at the Reese's peanut butter. Oh. It just it, it tastes just fine, but if you stare too long at what's in the middle, it's, it's, it's disconcerting. Randy, we have this one from the 573. Peak, I'm 20 days into 75 hard. Pit, I'm 20 days into 75 hard. <laughs> you got that right. I completed it. Randy got how many days? 30? 27, 29. I was going to say, I thought you were almost 30. So you understand the pain that our texter is going through. No doubt. Yeah. 618 coming in too. Peak. Pujols, Homer, Pitt. All of this rain. When is it going to stop? Yeah, this rain is terrible. I, mean, I, I don't think it's going to stop. I keep looking. I just keep seeing periodic little sh- snow, like showers every time I open up my weather app. From the 660. <laughs> Eat that bunny. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> Eat that bunny. You people are the best. I'm working on it. Now, Randy, this is going to be no problem at all. 314 is wondering if I'm standing by with an EpiPen. I am not. Should I be? I IDK. We'll find out. Randy, people want some tips now. What are you drinking to push this down? Nothing. That's insanity. <laughs> Do you no, have a propel? Oh yeah, you haven't. You even... have no propel. 
you haven't even had a single swig of water yet. Nope. And you're how are you halfway through yet? Well over halfway through. Well over halfway. Wait, through. that's all that's left? Well, no, I got a little bit here. So I'm, I'm halfway through. Well, well over halfway through. I Bye, ha- bunny. Oh, there's have- the face left. The face. Look. <laughs> oh my lord. I have to say, you I are- am. Appalled, but also impressed. <laughs> there, there are two machines in St. Louis. The text line is just people chanting your name, Randy, Randy, Randy. I don't know if this is compelling radio or terrible radio. We should have lived it, but I don't know how to Instagram live. Let me see if I can figure it out. Call Paul Pierce. Oh yeah. I think we might have found another Did thing it, to do. Let's with see if with, I can figure out how to live. I think it just hit live with Randy challenging people. We might have to do like. Fight daily, but like a food fight weekly. Oh, it says checking connection. Okay, so that's gonna work. We're now live, Randy. We're live. Okay, live on Insta. We're live on Instagram. Hold it up. This Here's the face. Oh my god! Remaining. That's all that's there. There's nothing down on the table in front of you. That Whole is. This face was in here. <laughs> chocolate bunny. There you go. Bye, chocolate bunny. Man, we should have we should have done one of those like snap TikToks. Oh, this is so fun! So many people are this joining. Is... We're all here together. Hey, everyone. We love having you here. Hey, Craig. Hey, Jonathan. What's up, Vacation Dad Bod? This is fun. Yeah. I've never been live before. <laughs> 636, the second hour is going to be rough. <laughs> Maybe. We'll die, see. bunny, die. Die, bunny, die. <laughs> Amazing. So, okay, Randy, I need to get closer. Everyone on the on this live is just chanting your name, too. We got some Randy dollar signs. I need to get closer to you so that okay, so what do you, we can do this live. I need to. Can you move your lunchbox, Randy? Okay, so that's my break. <laughs> Any drink? My it's obstructing our view. Okay, so here's... That's the case. Okay, for those of you that are on the Instagram live at M's Moment. Oh, yeah, give us a little perspective here. A so little relativity. So this is the way this started, okay? Okay. So it went all the way from the bottom up to the face, and then the ears are gone. So there's a lot of missing bunny. Good Lord Almighty. I think we need to get in touch with our buddy Jay Delsing. I agree. We will continue to insta-live this fabulous event, the demolition of the Reese's, <laughs> the one-pound Reese's Bunny and it's happening live on Instagram and on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Okay, this challenge is still on Michelle's Instagram live, so you can tune in. Just go to M. Smallman on the Insta. Somebody who's not listening anymore, but we're going to talk to him anyway, says three one from the 314. Not my favorite show today. I'm out. Click. You know what's so cool about this is that it's not a plane. You don't have to announce your departure. It's true. Good point. Yeah. You can just well, leave. Then, yeah. You yeah, don't yeah. have to say anything at all. Not you at can all. just leave. Yep. But you know what? We're glad for those of you who stayed. We love you. How about this one from the 314? Go, Randy. Watching you eat Reese's from Virginia Beach on Good Friday is probably the most American thing I'll do all day. Very true. Keith from Virginia Beach, thank you very much. Is uh, is Mr. Delsing with us? Uh, we go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Good morning, Jay. How you doing? <laughs> doing great. Randy, I knew you were a man of a lot of talents. You're taking down that funny effortlessly. I just don't know what 8.30 to 10 is going to look like for you. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, Jay? It might be must-listen radio. <laughs> I'm telling you, Michelle, what you just told me, the uh, – Listen, like, this is not a, dep- a plane departure. You could just leave. Just be nice and leave. You don't need to tell us. We don't, you know, we're okay. Mm-hmm. I love it. You guys are killing it today. I don't know what you're talking about, but it's great. <laughs> well, Jay, let's talk a little Tiger Woods. What was your reaction of Tiger's weekend at the Masters? Didn't have the performance that he wanted, but I think a lot of people are looking at it as a victory that he was just able to complete it. 
Yeah, it really was, Michelle. You know, ironically, uh, it, it just shows what sort of effort it took from him mentally to get th- to physically get through it because it took all of his mental toughness because what left him in his game was the stuff that he's been able to practice for even while he's been injured. His putting was awful in terms of Tiger Woods standards. His hitting was actually pretty decent. And if he puts like, you know, he normally does, it would have been much more interesting. He's, I don't think he would have won by any means, but he would have certainly been in the top 10. But that just shows you how this game, how mental this game is and how he just couldn't quite get it all together. But, man, I, I, I loved having him in there. Scotty Scheffler. I mean, um, here's another example of just like our event at Dalry that Brooks Kepka wins the championship, but everybody's talking about Tiger. And, Jay, I, I wanted to ask you about Scheffler because we've had Rory, we've had Jordan, we've had JT, we've had Kepka, we've had Bryson. We've had all these guys that are going to be the next guy or the cutting-edge guy. Can Scheffler be the guy? Boy, you know, I, I don't know. I've done done some research. with This kid played like somewhere between 120 and 135 events as a junior golfer and won like 99 of them. <laughs> and, I, I mean, so – it's interesting talking to him. He's a really religious guy and he uses that to help him relax, you know, while he's playing. And so it's been really effective. I think the biggest question, is this a super hot streak by a really talented young guy or is this the start of a new era? I, I'm not ready to talk about a new era yet, but it sure is fun to watch it. Man, did the guy put his ass off. He just made so many great putts. So I'm 59 and you're telling me today that being religious can help me play better golf? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think it's too late. I think that ship sailed already for you, Randy. Just enjoy the bunny. <laughs> Jay, is there anyone that, any single person that is more important to their sport than Tiger Woods is to golf? Randy and I were talking about this last week. In almost every sport, you might have one superstar, but there are stars that can compete for that superstar level. It doesn't matter what Tiger Woods does. Even if he's wearing different shoes, Jay, it's a headline. Michelle, it's so true, isn't it? And I'm not exactly sure why it's so important in our game, but we have always <clears throat> excuse me, gone towards a, a really strong figure. You know, Arnie's Army, Jack, Nicholas, all of these guys. Look, and when Greg Norman was number one, it was he, he got so much attention, but Tiger takes this thing to an entirely different level. I mean, he's done for golf what Wayne Gretzky did for hockey for all the salaries and for all the purses that, that we're doing, but he also brought this cool factor in, you know, because golf was so so boring, and, and it was, you know, Tiger is running across the green fist pumping, and he makes it known that not only does he want to beat you, he wants to beat you with flair, he wants to beat you soundly and he wants to if he if he's got another hole left he wants to make another birdie and beat you even worse it, it, it's it, it's really something and, and it's <clears throat> excuse me again i'm not sure how to categorize this you know when i got to interview arnold palmer and then when arnold palmer died the word icon didn't even justify what arnold palmer stood for you know for our for our sport but Tiger, I mean, he's transcending it all. I, 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 it's it's an amazing thing to watch. Jay Delsing is with us on Caracrens Moment on 101 ESPN. Jay, one last thing for me, and this is about people that are going to go out today and just get on the range. 
or getting out on the range to get their game ready. How do you go about dialing in your game? Like when you start off, are you starting off with your your short wedges and then working your way up? Do you start off by hitting your driver? How do you warm up for, and get ready to hit a golf ball? Yeah, absolutely. You start short. You start with the short stuff and, and just try to get a feel for, you know, you know the, the, the feel in, in, in the game is so fleeting. Some days it feels this way. Some days it feels that way. What you're looking for is something that you can kind of hang on to. And one of the things that I see amateurs do more times than not is they'll go to their driver. They'll go to some of their longer stuff that requires a lot more speed and a lot more power to hit. And it just kind of throws their, their, their timing and sense for the game that day completely out of whack. So start with I always start with my highest lofted club. I've got a 58-degree wedge. It's one of my favorite clubs in the bag, and I'll hit four or five of those. I'll hit just little 10- or 15-yard pitches, and then I'll stretch it out to 30- and 40-yard shots and hit a couple of full ones and then go to my, my pitching wedge and try to do the same thing. All that, just trying to build up, Randy, until I get into you know, a, um, a full swing and five iron and then some three woods and drivers and things like that. It's just trying to set the tone for the day and, and try to give you some sense of rhythm. I want to tell you, I want you to tell me if I'm an idiot here, not just because of the, the rabbit here, the, the chocolate rabbit, but one of the things that I do when I'm out on the range is when, when I'm not going to play that day, I visualize the golf course. So I I, pl- I imagine, okay, I'm playing a 380-yard par four. And I imagine those are the shots I'm taking. And then, you know, if I need to chip up onto the green, I do. And then my second hole, whether it's like a 420-yard par four, I'll visualize that and hit the shots. Is that smart or dumb? Oh, my gosh, that's the best way to do it, Randy. One of the things that happens to us when we get on the range is we don't um, we, we don't practice enough like it's around the golf. I mean, how many times do you hit 15 six-irons in a row? You know, while you're playing, you just don't. And one of the things... So I was on the range next to Tiger several times. Wherever I could get a spot next to him, I was always knifing it. He probably thought I was stalking him, which I was. But I would I would just look at, pay attention to what he was doing. And he did that all the time, Randy. He was actually playing holes on the range before he would tee off for, for the tournament. So I saw him hit a driver. Then I saw him go hit a wedge. Then I saw him go hit a three iron. And then I saw him go back and hit a wedge. And that's more of the way that we play the game. And that's more the way that, you, you know, you don't get to stand up there and hit five drivers in a row unless you're pumping them out of bounds somewhere. So um, that's a great way to practice. And I, I would encourage anybody to, to if, they're, if they're trying to get better at their game, is to try to, it's okay to hit, to, to feel, try to warm up and feel comfortable and try to hit a few uh, five irons in a row, a couple of drivers in a row. But then before you get ready to play, hit a driver and then go hit a seven iron and then hit a couple of pitches and, and, and things like that to get you prepared. Jay Dell saying always good to have you with us. Thank you very much. Have a happy Easter weekend. All the best to you, Michelle. Call the dentist. <laughs> I'm on it, Jay. <laughs> Take care. That is Jay Delsing on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 65780. We have Take It or Leave It coming your way on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Take it or leave it. Give us your feedback now by texting 65780. It's Take It or Leave It with Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Powered by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing.
believe this is true to be the case, but according to the Guinness World Record book, the most peanut butter cups eaten in one minute is eight. Do you believe that that's, that's it? Regular size peanut butter cups? Yeah, it looks like it. Actually, I take that because the peanut butter can get stuck in your mouth. Yeah. So I think it would be difficult to eat more. So it was done by Kevin L.A. Beast Strolley in 2017. So eight in one minute. And I was saying during the break, I do have a greater appreciation now for people like Joey Chestnut, who can eat things so fast. My favorite major league eater is Badlands Booker. He's got a few records. But uh, Joey Chestnut obviously is the king. Let's get a bunny update. Randy, where are you? You have oh, 11 minutes Closing left. in on the on the finish line here. Would you say you're hopping towards the finish line? Yeah, right. That's the, that would be it. Bunny here update. Comes. Are you saying that like sometimes in like maybe the first week of May, if we give you a little bit of a breather, I, I go to the break room, I buy two king-size Reese's out of the little kiosk there, and you, you try to take down eight in one minute? I'm not a fast eater. I can't okay. do it. Okay. I can't see, Randy, because your lunchbox is in the way. That's all you have left? What mm-hmm. is it, a half an eye? A yeah, half a cheek, maybe? Mm-hmm. A bunny cheek? Yeah. Um, on the front sheet. <laughs> yeah. You're doing well. You're doing well. 65780, that's the Air Comfort Service sex line for Take It or Leave It. Um, Michelle, <laughs> take it or leave it. You will enjoy the final two hours of this show. I'm going to wholeheartedly take that. I'm going to enthusiastically take that. <laughs> it's about to go off the rails here on 101 ESPN. It's going to be great. <laughs> All right. Good. Um, take it or leave it, Randy. You're going to want to throw up at some point this morning. I'm cons- that's what I'm, I'm concerned that. about. I'm going to leave that. Is that the sugar high is going to hit, and then the stomach is going to say, uh-uh, not I, today. I just got some water, so I'll be fine. I was thinking I should have brought in a bagel or some carbs or something, some bread to maybe cut it. I don't know. Maybe a bag of kale. Maybe too filling. Just to counteract. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But um, you're you're really taking down this bunny. Well... The bunny deserved it. The bunny had it coming. It did. (laughs) All right, Matthew, what do you got? Take it or leave it. Randy's going to regret eating this bunny. Take it. (sighs) Come on. No, I'm going to leave it because Randy is all about the glory. He's all about legacy, and this is going to add to his legacy in a big, big way. Mm -hmm. Um, If he wasn't beloved before in St. Louis by everyone, because I would say, what, 98% approval rating for Randy Carricker? That other 2%. How can you hate a guy who can demolish a chocolate bunny in one hour? A one-pound racist chocolate bunny. You're a legend, Randy. Wait wait, to let 2%. Here's the next segment. Gosh. Take it or leave it. Uh, That bunny put up a better fight than the Lakers did down the stretch. (laughs) I'll take it. Oh, you got to take that. Take it or leave it. With the way the Blues are playing, it's third round or bust this playoffs. Mm. Yeah, why not? I'll take it. Third round or bust? The way I'm feeling about this team right now, I'm going to take it. JR said he'd be disappointed if they didn't win two rounds. I'm with him. You you have no reason to point to as to why they can't do it. They're clicking at the right time. The goaltending has been strong. Vladimir Tarasenko is going to be on a tear. Robert Thomas in the playoffs? Come on. You okay? I'm taking a picture of the last piece. Oh, okay, great, great. Take it or leave it. Once the Centene Soccer Stadium is complete, the Battlehawks should play there instead of the Dome. I'm gonna leave that. No, the bat. What was it called? The hawk's nest. Yeah. Some people called it the mm-hmm. hawk's nest. They are. They already have roots at the dome. We had the dome rocking for the battle. And Hawks. they play why, at the same time. The two teams play at the same time. But why would you? Why would you change location when we've already had great times in that building with the battle hawks? Agreed. 
Take it or leave it. Randy should let go of Nadub and fully embrace Natty Ice as Nathan Walker's nickname. Take, take, take. Natty Ice. Natty Ice is so good, and Nadub is not. Natty Ice is pretty good. But how does that equate to Nathan Walker? Natty is Nathan. It is. N-A-T? And then Ice is because he it's plays Nate. hockey. Right, but N-A-T? Okay. You're calling him Dub. W. Right, but the same. Everybody that's last name is W gets called W. I'm just saying, same thing. I had a friend named Nate we called Natty. Really? Okay. Natty, yes, it is. It's not ridiculous. Oh, no. I think think you might have finally won this one, Michelle. (laughs) Take it or leave it. Randy could eat the entire carrot cake in a full show. I'm going to leave that. I can't. Yeah, I admit it. He said on a commercial break on my Instagram live, which I've taken down because I needed to charge my phone, but I feel like I should probably live the, the final seconds of this demolition here. I am going to post right now the picture of the final piece that's left. I love it. On your socials, at mm-hmm. Randy Carriker on Twitter, at RJ Carriker on Instagram. But Randy said on the live during the commercial break that he can make the carrot cake, he cannot eat the full carrot cake. It's not really in his wheelhouse. Right. Oh, here we go, Michelle. We finally got this one back. 314, take it or leave it. You never go red sauce over white sauce when it comes to pasta. Take. 100% take. White sauce is a little too heavy for me. Yeah, he said no. He said you never no, go red sauce red over oh, white sauce. Oh, excuse me. Yes, I say then, leave that. So then leave. Yes, a thousand excuse percent me. every I, time. I misunderstood. Yes, leave. You never go white over red. I, I Always red. I don't understand how people eat like entire bowls of fettuccine Alfredo. I can't do it. It's delicious, but I get like two bites and I'm full. If you're doing a fun run, carb load. That's that's fair. This would be good for like, a fun run. Like Michael Scott. <laughs> Gosh. Take it or leave it. Tarasenko is incredible, but Robert Thomas is the key to the Blues' recent run. I'm going to take that. Robert Thomas has been in the mix on almost every big play that the Blues have had. He's on fire right now. That line is unbelievable. They have been great. How about uh, number 50 being back, too? Do you think he's all the way back? No. <laughs> Partially back? Yeah. Uh, who's else still starts game one of the playoffs? I agree. Can you give me a percentage on the back? Is it like 40%, 60%? What? You can't, can't just say partial. 77. Back. He's 77% back. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. 77. He's 77% back. That was a little high for me. That's what I'm saying. It could have been 40, and I would have been just shocked. He goes yeah. 77. That kind of moves my uh, I was kind of moves say the like take. 58.9. It's only two wins in a row. 58.9. You want to take a picture of me eating the last piece here? Sure. Or a video? Should I go to live again? Yeah, now that live. I know that all yep. you have to do is hit hey, this Randy, button. You want, do, you want to do a little math in your head while I ask while you eat this last bite? Mm-hmm. Take it or leave it. The Cardinals will score at least 10 runs against the Brewers across this series, so they need to score nine across these last three games. I'll Can take they it. do it? Yeah, I'll take it. Against this pitching staff? I don't know. Just just only one get, in the first game. It's a little rough. Just go. get Tommy Edmond in the lineup. <laughs> Okay. okay, we have this then. Take it or leave it. They need to call up Nolan Gorman, move, put him in at second, and move Tommy Edmund to shortstop. I'm going to leave that. Okay, we're live again. It's the first week of the season. <laughs> All right, this is the final piece of the one-pound bunny, kids. The challenge was, can Randy eat the one-pound bunny in one hour? I, and by the way, I'm doing this for Instagram Live and for the 101 ESPN listening audience. And so I've got one little tiny piece. Michelle, what do you say? Like uh, three quarters of an inch by a half an inch or Probably, something like that? that's fair. And um, I'm going to show, too, on the Instagram Live, no debris either. No, I, she told me to eat, eat the debris. I mean, I ate the debris. Great Here work. we go. This is it. Wow. Congratulations, Randy. Thank you. I am sorry that I doubted you. That one's on me. Happy Easter to everyone who observes. And also... I wish that I had a video montage of this that I could put together to the tune of One Shining Moment because I am proud of you. 
And this is your one shining moment. I... Uh, here we go. I'm, Jay I'm... Patterson says, huge milestone in St. Louis history. <laughs> to try to go to sleep that doesn't work by the way but i try every every night i try every night i'm like okay the you know we're pulling down the blinds the blackout curtains are up let's listen to the sound of rain let's let's do the breathing exercises and then i open my eyes and it's 1 a.m it's just a real bummer good work randy proud of you thank you let be proud of now who can argue with that Somebody is wondering if you have sugar sweats right now. A little bit. <laughs> Kaliza Everson is saying lie. that they have sympathetic sugar sweats for you. That there's, it's kind of like you know, pregnancy weight. Someone's having mm-hmm. sympathetic sugar sweats for you. Well, I appreciate that very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see if you can put on the uh, sympathetic one pound bunny in one hour weight. <laughs> is your heart pounding out of your chest right it's not now? Not bad. No. Okay, great. I can handle this. No shaky hands. No. <laughs> <laughs> The problem is I shoot with this one. (laughs) If you thought that was entertaining, tune into the next two hours of the show when the sugar really hits. And then really doesn't. It's great. I'll tell you this, Michelle. I was not going to mess around. I wasn't I, I wasn't going to just come in and eat half a bunny. Because someone didn't love you enough when you were little, did they? Yeah, that that happens sometimes. Let's, how, how about if we go with this one? Hello, you play, play to, to win, win the, the game. game. You don't play to just play it. That's the great thing about sports. You do play to win the game, and Randy, you won. Thank you to all the people on Instagram Live. Take a good look. This is the face of a champion right here. Take a good look, folks. Take a good look. <laughs> So thank you very much. Happy Easter. Have a good Friday. <laughs> Coming oh up gosh. next, speaking of comebacks, the, the greatest comeback in the history of comebacks gets celebrated this weekend. We're going to talk about some great sports comebacks. Coming up next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fresh perspective on the day's biggest stories. It's Carriker and Smallman's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. It pays to shop at Schnucks. Download the Schnucks Rewards app today. It's ahead to Tarasenko. He's in the clear. He scores! Tarasenko! He tucks it in with a great move. Many doubted we ever see it, but here it is. The return to glory. Within it looks like there's where shoot it. Are you kidding me? Who says there are no storybooks? This weekend is the celebration of the greatest comeback in history. Hard to beat this one. But There are some great sports comebacks that have occurred, Michelle, in history, and we've had the good fortune to witness several of those. One of those was baseball Jesus, Chris Carpenter, who 
came to St. Louis because of a shoulder injury, didn't pitch in 2002 and 2003, almost won the Cy Young Award in 2004, if not for a nerve injury in his shoulder, came back after that and pitched great in 2005 for the Cardinals to uh, finish with uh, 100 wins. And then in 2006, he was a stud in the World Series, gets hurt in 2007, but comes back and wins the Cy Young in 2009 and helps the Cardinals win the World Series in 2011. And oh, by the way, how did he help them win the 2011 World Series, Chris Carpenter? Brown ball to the right side. Punto has it. And running over, and the Cardinals have done it. And Michelle, that song, I Can't Feel My Face When I'm With You. By the weekend? Yeah, that was written because of Chris Carpenter in 2012. His teammates wrote that? Or he wrote that about being with his teammates? About being out on the mound? Yeah, because he couldn't feel his face, yet he went out to pitch. He couldn't feel his face. The man had a rib removed. Yeah. And, and was still dominant for the Cardinals. We need that rib to be, speaking of biblical things, to be put to work to get another baseball Jesus. Well, remember, we interviewed Chris Carpenter and I asked him about the rib. I asked mm-hmm. him where the right. rib was because it's one of my favorite sports stories of all time. I always said if I was going to own a, a really good piece of sports memorabilia, I wanted it to be something really weird and obscure. Mm-hmm. Why not Chris Carpenter's rib that he had removed, right? Yeah. So I asked him where the rib was and he said he actually had it in a jar and he had given it to his daughter. <laughs> And um, they kept it for a while, and then they moved, I believe he said, back to New Hampshire. And the jar that the rib was in broke during the move. And I guess it had uh, a very pungent smell, and it got over a a lot of their things. So the rib was discarded. It's been thrown away. The rib is no longer with us. So Carp in St. Louis, one of the great stories of, of a comeback, We heard Tiger Woods, who not only came back and won the Masters in 2019 after everything that he had been through, but then this past weekend came back after nearly having his leg amputated. Another athlete that nearly had his leg amputated was Alex Smith of the Washington football team a couple of years ago. Amputation at one point was a possibility, and now 693 days later, here he is coming back on an NFL football field. And there's Kyle Allen heading into the locker room. And August 29th, during training camp, was the first time that Alex Smith had gotten back into an 11-on-11 situation. Still has yet to have been hit in practice at this point. So as soon as he gets contacted, that's his first hit since that gruesome injury. And he's going to throw and complete it to McKissick. And McKissick gets it out to the 40-yard line. What a great comeback. What a great storybook story that was for Alex Smith. I still can't believe physically that he was able to come back and play football because if you watch any of the features or the reporting, just the the visuals of him in the Mm -hmm. hospital and his rehab and trying to come back and you see how severely damaged his leg was, the fact that physically he could do it, but mentally, Randy, after I had to go through a rehab like that and I almost lost my leg... And I've made the money that I've made if I'm Alex Smith and I have the beautiful family that he has. I'd say, I'm good. I'm just happy to to be healthy and be able to live as normal as a life as I possibly can. So the fact that mentally he could go out there and not be afraid because every time he got hit, Randy, mm-hmm. I cringed. I was worried for him. I was But the too. fact that he had the mental toughness to do it, well done. There's a play, and, and I can watch injuries happen, but there's one. As a matter of fact, when I was putting together these highlights yesterday... I still, and and I was sitting at Bomberito Chevrolet in the service area, and I watched it, and I audibly went, "Mm!" 
because of the Sean Livingston injury. Steal by Livingston. That's a good defense by Mobley. No finish, though, by Sean, and he's hurt. Left knee, Livingston. He dislocated his patella. It's about as bad as you'll... I, I just... I, I'm seeing it in my mind's eye right now. It's 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 the worst. So that happened in February of 2007. He wound up coming back a year and a half later and actually wound up with a really good career, won a couple of championships with Golden State. But, man, what a, a brutal injury that was. We probably shouldn't be talking about gruesome injuries after you just ate a one-pound chocolate oh, and peanut okay. butter bunny. I'm okay. I don't know. It's upsetting the stomach might not yeah. be the best play right now. Remember the Kevin Ware injury? I do, Michelle, as a matter of fact. And you know what? That was, it looked as bad as the Livingston, but then as dramatic a comeback. Gonna run a little point with him, it looks like. There's where, shoot it. Are you kidding me? Who says there are no storybooks? And then Kevin Ware wound up transferring to Georgia State and actually wound up back in the NCAA tournament. He was injured in the NCAA tournament with Louisville and then winds up back in the NCAA tournament with Georgia State. So that was heartening. I'm seeing that injury in my mind. That's something you can't unsee, and I'm feeling nauseous even thinking about that. I don't know how you're dealing with that, with a bunny, a chocolate bunny in your stomach, but, oh, that one was so brutal. I can't watch, like, video of, like, raised court basketball games anymore because of that injury it's like I, i'm just waiting for the exact same situation to play out guy on the sideline slips off compound fracture on life i cannot watch that they can never they're, never they're not doing it anymore but if you go back and watch old ones even though i know it's not happening i'm waiting for it to happen every time i watch it so there are a couple of other ones and by the way let's listen to chris pronger back in the 1998 playoffs against detroit dmitry Mironov with the shot that not only injured chris pronger almost killed him you know, Pronger could be hurting here, guys. He took the slap shot into the chest. This isn't funny. There's a problem here. He took the slap shot into the chest. The trainer's out there quickly, and you can see with that slap shot into his ribs and chest, he's having some problems. With, and here comes John Wharton from the Detroit bench. It's very serious. It was very serious. Actually had to get the heart restarted again. Spent the night in a hospital in Detroit. So, okay, so think about that. Going into a hospital, going to a hospital overnight, going to a hospital overnight in Detroit. Bad. That's a trifecta that you don't want to be dealing with. No, and you wake up and you go, what's going on? What happened? Right, right. Oh, yikes. And then, kind of like our guy with today and Sunday, he was back four days later. Randy. Yeah, it just, it just, it was like, it was like he was under a rock for a couple of days and moved it aside. Randy? Came back. I'm not trying to Prongs. get the Catholics mad at me. Oh, come on. They, they know what happened. What are they going to do? Crucify me? And we talked about it earlier in the show. I think we, we, we're looking at one of just one of the more impressive comebacks in recent St. Louis history here with what Vladimir Tarasenko is doing this year. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable yep. when you talked about it, not playing for almost two full years. Now he's come back. It's not just a, a, a solid contribution. You know, not 25 goals here. They're nicely done. Thanks for being a contributing player on that second line. He's back to being mm-hmm. one of the best goal scorers in the entire NHL. And I don't think you could have accounted for that at the beginning of the season. No, pretty incredible. And we get text. Dak Prescott, that was a nasty injury. Napoleon McCallum. Joe Theismann never played again, never did have the comeback after his hit from Lawrence Taylor. Tim Tim Crumry in the Super Bowl, that was another brutal one. How about Mario Lemieux coming back from the back and from the cancer? Yes. Uh, Legendary. And then um, the other one that uh, we know or will get to know better here in St. Louis is Lutz Fonenstiel, who died on the pitch. 
and had to be revived I, three times. That's wild. Yeah. Well, he's li- lived a wild life, Lute says. He's yeah. an interesting guy. Yeah. Uh, text from the uh, 314. We could crucify you, but your lard body probably won't hang very well. Probably shouldn't joke about that on Easter. Wow. What a kind comment from someone. WWJD. Yeah, I'm sure somebody... See, this is the thing. That's happened. It happens, Michelle, after you eat a one-pound bunny. Just show me if you can eat the one-pound bunny, and if you can, then we'll be in the evens category. (laughs) Speaking of the evens category, how are you going to play for the tie today, Randy? That's a great question. (laughs) Got to do something. Got to do something. The greatest comeback would be Randy figuring out yeah. a way to play for the tie this yeah. evening. Did so, we see how many calories was in that bunny? That's that's a mistake. Yeah, I didn't look. A lot. Uh, a hold lot. on. Let me. I wonder as how I much grow, sugar you consumed. Yeah. As I grow older, I realize the phrase "ignorance is bliss" is incredibly yeah. true. It really is. <laughs> I have no idea how much it could be. Jamie Rivers, obviously our cohort here at 101 ESPN, he had to get over in the KHL. He had the exa- one, a similar oh, the situation track, yeah. to Chris Pronger. I mean, that's and I mean, talking about being in Detroit. Imagine being in whatever random Russian city he was in then. I'll, I'll take Detroit 10 times out of 10 against Definitely. whatever random Russian city I have to be stuck yeah. in there. I got my paycheck hidden in my stick in the locker room, and now I'm, now I'm on my way to the hospital because I just died on the ice. Uh, from the 636, just tuning in for the day. Did Randy get it done? Yes, I got it done. Uh, this one's important from the 618. Shout out to Dickie V, cancer-free. That's right. Great right, to hear you ring the bell. That's amazing, baby. Talk about a comeback, yep. baby. Love it. Did you find out yet, Michelle? So I'm looking, and it says serving size 0.1, and it's 190 calories. Uh, so I don't. Bad. I'm Point wondering. 0.1 so times it by 10, right? So where's the well, sugar? Like 20, 20 grams of sugar so, in a serving. So it's 200 grams of sugar. 200 grams of sugar and 1,900 calories. You do have four grams of protein working. There you per go. Serving. There okay. you go. And that one bite was pure protein. Yep. We know that. Well, yep. sugar. Two quick fun fact notes. Number one. Love a fun fact. Um, Jesus and I follow each other on the Twitter machine. Jesus M. Christ. Great guy. <laughs> Great content. Yeah. Terrific. A couple of years ago, when the Mizzou Tire football program fired Barry Odom, Somebody texted in and said Jesus Christ himself couldn't coach Mizzou to victories. So I sent a tweet to Jesus. I said, "Hey, Jay, any interest Jay. In, in the any interest in the Mizzou football job?" Uh, he said something to the effect of, uh, "Haven't I been tortured enough?" Oh. <laughs> wow. Uh, and then, uh, like four or five years ago, on this very day, Good Friday, he live tweeted. <laughs> Randy. <laughs> it was epic. Randy. It was epic. So, yeah. You would funny. follow Jesus on social. I love the guy. And he loves me. I know he does. Right? Because he loves all, all of us. And if we make a mistake, like that, somebody would think that that segment was a mistake. He'd say, well, I forgive you, because that's what he does. Yeah, go to reconciliation. Say you're sorry. That's his business. Coming up, Joe Vitale on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. We're talking blues hockey. It's the Joey Vitale Report on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by The Electrical Connection. When you need quality electrical work for your home or business, visit electricalconnection.org.
Let's go to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line, the one, the only, Joe Vitale, Blues Analyst here on 101 ESPN, joins us. Good morning, sir. How are you, how are you doing? Hope you're having a good Friday. Yes, it's been a great, great Friday. Uh, just got in about 1 a.m. with the Blues here, Randy, and a quick turnaround with all the kiddos this morning. Off school, of course, all weekend, which is exciting, but looking forward to the Easter weekend. How are you guys today? We're doing great, Joey. And before we jump into the current state of the Blues, speaking of plane rides, we need you to explain yourself, okay? We had Darren Pang on the show earlier this week, the Blues playing the Bruins, and I asked him about that infamous plane ride that you guys had from Boston back to St. Louis after the team had won the Cup. And I'm going to play the audio of what he told us. He told us an interesting story, and once you hear this, Joey, we need you to explain yourself. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Before that, obviously, Chaser and I were together before Chaser stepped down, and so Joey and I are sitting there, and I, I turn around and Joey's sound asleep. Like, I mean sound asleep. <laughs> so we got Oscar Sundquist and all his buddies coming up and, and they're posing with the Stanley Cup and he's, and he's out like a light. Like, he's, uh, he's not used to drinking champagne and beer, I think, at the same time. <laughs> Joey, what? The greatest plane ride of your life and you're snoozing? <laughs> it's like that scene from uh, Billy Madison. I don't know if you guys remember that movie where they're talking to Billy at the beginning of the dinner table. He's like, hey, Billy, how was your day? Oh, it's okay. I fell asleep by the pool. And then one guy's like, uh, Crazy Carl's like, did you fall asleep or did you pass out? Uh, that, that was kind of my uh, situation. Hey, listen, I, I got a legit story here. I am not making this up. I know guys give me – they give me um, – they, they bug me about this all the time, and, and this, this is legit. Everyone thinks I fell asleep or I passed out. Okay, so the Blues win the Cup. I'm up there. This is the time we were with KMOX before we switched over to 101, obviously. And so we're down there, and I'm rushing down there, and Curbs is doing so the live call from that little corner up in TD Garden. And I'm down on the ice, and we're doing all our things and interviewing the players and Doug Armstrong and, and getting a picture with the Cup. And finally, things get rallied, and we're all, we're all done on the ice. And, and I shoot upstairs, and I'm with Curb, and we're just, like, in this euphoric state. Like, what we just witnessed is incredible, like, playing in the party. And, and all of a sudden, I get a text from Alexander Steen. He says, where are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm up at the booth. And he's like, get down here right now. So Curbs and I, we, we were slamming our books. We just left it all behind. We left it to Amy Mark Scores and Alex to kind of clean things up. We just flew down in the locker room. And then, of course, the players are all down there, and What's funny about Boston is it's actually probably the worst visiting locker room to win the Cup. And I actually joked with David Perron about this a few days ago as we were there again. And we were kind of laughing. He said, you know, listen, if you want to win, you can win anywhere. I don't really care. But of all the locker rooms in the league, it probably is the worst. I mean, it's so tight, so small. And, of course, we were in the locker room, and they, they see me walk in. They hand the cup over to me. Colton Pareko's got it. I'll never forget it. He's filling the cup up with two Bud Light. And, guys, I swear, as God is my witness, I cannot drink beer. I had like this this gluten, this intolerance where my, my throat swells and I get like really scratchy and I oh, can't no. speak. So here I am watching Colton Pareko fill this cup of beer. And the only thing I'm thinking in my head is I cannot turn down the Stanley Cup full of beer and explain a beer allergy to the entire <laughs> team. That, that would just not go over well. So I tried to suck it up. He hands me the whole cup. And I'm like, it's pouring down my body, and I'm trying not to swallow it, to, you know, be respectful of my body so I don't completely pass out. <laughs> and some probably obviously gets through my throat. Anyway, long story short, I do have about uh, two or three bottles of champagne in the meantime. But w- when I get on the plane, my throat starts getting itchy. I start getting this reaction. I'm like, oh, my God, I am totally going to sp- spoil this party. And the radio broadcaster is going to die on the plane ride home, and the whole party is going to be shot. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, my, my throat is literally closing as we're taking off. I'm like, oh, my God, this is terrible. I start freaking out, having a panic attack. But like, because of the altitude, everything is going to get all, like, disarray. I'm going to die on the flight. And, 
And so eventually I just fall into this very euphoric, calming sleep. And then, yes, he is absolutely right. Good news is I woke up, but I wake up to about 30 or 40 pitchers of guys next to me. Uh, the, my favorite one of all was Oscar Sunquist sitting by me with a cup, kind of pointing at me like, what's, what's with this guy? Like, who falls who fall asleep on the flight? Uh, but one of those things where we all laugh about today, but I was so grateful that um, I was able to make it there and, and get back to St. Louis alive. But certainly, I look back, I have no regrets. I am glad I did not turn down the Colton Pareko Stanley Cup full of beer. But it was uh, it was uh, thoroughly a mix of an allergy relaxation of, uh, reaction to beer and the combination of three bottles of champagne. It just does not mix, guys. I don't recommend doing it. Joe Vitale with us on 101 ESPN. And, Joey, the Colorado Avalanche have won eight in a row. They have 114 points. But here are the Minnesota Wilds, 7-1-2 and two in their last 10. Your St. Louis Blues, 9-0-1 oh, in their last 10. None of those three teams, if they made the finals, would surprise me. None at all. I mean, and this is, you know, this is a whole other topic for a whole other day, but... You know, they, they've implemented this wild card system with Gary Bettman in the league, and it's, it makes you wonder, will they ever go back to the one-verse-eight um, or one-verse-sixteen if you want to go across the entire league? Because, you know, you look at how powerful the central division is, and you're going to have, you're going to have at least the, one, one of those three teams being bounced in that first round. I mean, look at the Eastern Conference uh, for another example. I mean, between Toronto, Boston, uh, Tampa, Florida, there's going to be some heavyweight matchups in that first round, which, you know, I, I get the whole you know, division rivals throughout the season, and, and, and I get all that. Don't get me wrong. The wild card race is certainly exciting. Uh, but the downside to all this is that you are going to have a lot of good teams being balanced within the first couple weeks, which is unfortunate because you'd like to see the, the best team kind of make it at least to the conference finals or the Stanley Cup finals. But this is a very, very heavy division, as you mentioned, Randy. I could see Colorado, St. Louis, or Minnesota making it all the way to the Stanley Cup, um, clearing through this Western Conference. Um, I think the three strongest teams are in this Central Division. Uh, I used to say that about Calgary. I think their game has slipped just a little bit, although they had um, you know, a tough, tough loss last night again to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. And then when the Blues were up there, I, just, I saw something about their game I just didn't like as much as I did about a month and a half ago. So I really kind of pivoted away from the Calgary Flames. I don't think they're necessarily the top contender with the Colorado Avalanche anymore. In this conference, I do believe it's going to be between Minnesota, Colorado, and then, of course, the St. Louis Blues. Now, for the St. Louis Blues, I mean, you're looking at a situation where it's probably going to be the Minnesota Wild now in this first round. A lot, mm-hmm. a lot could still happen, but realistically, we're looking at the Minnesota Wild. And then, um, of course, if you take it one step further, if Minnesota and St. Louis keep at this pace, it looks like the Blues will probably end up opening up on the road in Minnesota unless something crazy happens. Uh, but so that's that first matchup, and that's going to be an, an important one. Uh, but then you look at the Colorado Avalanche. Who are they going to fight face if? The Blues are with the Minnesota Wild. My, my bet and my hope is for the Nashville Predators because if there's one team that can trip up this Colorado Avalanche team, I think it's going to be Nashville. I think the biggest question right now for a lot of people in the league is who can get through Colorado? How do you beat Colorado? Can Colorado be beaten? I think if you find them in the second round, which hopefully the Blues um, get to that point and they do, I like the Nashville matchup because if there's one team that's just going to beat the tar out of them, I think it's going to be the Nashville Predators. The way John Hines coach with Janot and McLaren and Luke Cunningham, I mean, all those kind of big heavy hitters that love to play physical, love to run players through the wall. I think if they can kind of deal with that for five, six, seven games in an opening round with the Nashville Predators, it could be a great situation if the Blues can sweep by Minnesota. Joey, Vladimir Tarasenko, five points last night. The hat trick, he hits the 30-goal mark for the season. As Robert Thomas says, he's just been playing out of his mind. And I look at this Blues team, and at the top of uh, the list of reasons why I think they're going to be great in the playoffs is because Vladimir Tarasenko is a dangerous man right now. He's very dangerous. Um, He's not only scoring the elite goals from the outside. I think he's scoring more 
of the drive it to the net and, and stick it down the throat type of goals. You know, you look at that goal last night when he kind of flies by Owen Powers off the defense zone faceoff and drives the net. I mean, uh, those are the type of goals we're seeing more and more uh, off and out of him. A rebound goal a couple nights, uh, a couple games ago, excuse me, at the Enterprise Center. Rebound, he's right to the front. It's kind of those dirtier goals, those greasier goals. And Craig Berube has worked with them all year long and the last couple of years for that matter as far as getting to the net and scoring more of those rugged goals. You know, for a long time there, when he was new to the league, like you're looking at Jordan Kyer, Robert Thomas, um, you, you score a lot of perimeter goals because people don't know much about you. But then as you get better and more elite, you score more goals, you get much, much tougher uh, just make much tougher for you to score those outside goals. So now you got to figure out a way to get to the inside. And you got to work a little bit harder. And you got to get to those greasy, like, blue crease and tash mark areas where you're going to get hit, you're going to get flashed, you're going to get whacked. But those are the areas you got to get you to score goals. And that's, that's one of the things I've noticed this year about him, Michelle. The other thing is his motor just seems like it's never quitting. I mean, look at that game last night. After he scores that goal, he's in on the forecheck. He knocks someone off the puck. He's in physical. He's been he's in physically engaged in, in the front of the net, um, in the forecheck, uh, knocking people off bodies. You know, that Trent Fred Frederick uh, is a perfect example in Boston a couple of games ago where Frederick comes at him and he just kind of bulldozes him over, right? He's solid as can be. Him and Robert Thomas – are, are literally like concrete columns. It's very hard to make them budge. And when he's got that motor going, it's a very scary thing. And the last thing I'll say about Vladimir Tarasenko, and this is something Ivan Barbashev and I talked about um, as far as, you know, one of the reasons why he's been so successful this year. Barbashev and Tarasenko, they, they train with a lot of Russians there in Miami. And one of the things that Barbashev said is, you know, they would work out for six days, skate for five days or whatever it be, within like Sunday or Tuesday, whatever day of the week it was, it'd be a day off. A lot of guys would go to the beach and enjoy themselves in Miami, Guess who was one of the only players that went back to the gym that day and continued to work out and push himself? It was, it was Tarasenko. And that was just a really thing that stood out. Where he was a seven-day-a-week type of trainer this summer, uh, this past summer, where he really put in the work, put in the attitude, where he knew he was going to have to come in here and have an, a monster year, and he certainly has for St. Louis. Joey V, one last thing. I know that you're a man that uh, enjoys a challenge. Miss Michelle laid down the gauntlet. She said that she didn't think that I could eat a one-pound Reese's Bunny in an hour. And so she brought one in this morning, and between 7 and 8, I pulled that off. I, I, I rose to the challenge. Man versus food and man won. Yeah. Good for you, Randy. Yeah, if there's, if there's one piece of chocolate I think that you, you can dummy, I think it would have to be the Reese's. The thing, the thing that's good about the Reese's, like peanut butter cup or the bunny, is there, there is a good quality amount of air in it, right? Like you look at a, let's look at a Snicker bar, you know, or just solid Hershey chocolate. It's just dense, right? There's mm-hmm. so much density. There's just a lot of chocolate. But if you bite into a Reese's, there's a, there's a little fluff. There's like a little airy fluff in it. So I, uh, I would take that bet any day of the week, Randy. I'm proud of you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Hey, you and your family have a great Easter weekend, and we'll be tuned in for the Blues as they're back at it against Minnesota. Big one this weekend. Sounds good, Randy. Michelle, you guys have a great Easter weekend as well. Thanks, Joey. Joey okay, Vitale bye-bye. on 101 ESPN. He always brings up something that I never thought of. I never thought of the fact that there might be air in mm-hmm. the, the chocolate bunny, and that might be easier to consume. Maybe that's why it was so easy. You really did mow right through that. I did. Uh, the fight is coming your way next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome to the fight on Character and Smallman. In the red corner, average Joe Listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of Morning Drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. Eight thirty-eight in 
in St. Louis. That time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. It's the Friday edition of The Fight here on Carriker and Smallman. Randy, if you are just tuning in right now, absolutely mowed down a one-pound Reese's bunny earlier, which means the sugar high is hitting right about now, and it may impact his performance in the fight today. Matt, what do you think? He's he's looking a little fidgety out there in the hallway. He's 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 kind of hitting it back and forth. There's a lot of sugar there, kind of pumping, you know, kind of pent up in there. Yeah, the jitters are coming. The yes, sugar I think jitters, so. which I think bodes well for our fighter this morning. Rose joining us on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Ro. How are you? Good morning, Michelle. How you doing? We're doing well. So did you hear that what we just said? Randy ate an entire one-pound chocolate bunny earlier in the show. Do you think that helps or hurts your chances today? So I, it just depends if he's spiking right now or if he's crashing. So if he <laughs> if, if he's starting to crash, I like my chances. But it sounds like it wasn't that long ago, so... It was about it was about forty minutes yeah. ago, and bro, I kind of do like it's your chances. Great breakdown there. From it Ro. really was great analysis from Ro on what the sugar could be doing in Randy's system. But I think he could be crashing a little. So Ro, I I like your chances today. Good luck. I think you can do this. Let's do it. All right. Let's question question number one for Ro. Last night, Robert Thomas became the fifth Blues skater to ever record five assists in a regular season game, joining Adam Oates, Bernie Federko, Brian Sutter. And what other blue? Is it Keith Kachuk, Red Berenson, or Dallas Drake? Ooh. Um, thinking it was Drake or Kachuk. Um, let's go with Drake. Vladimir Tarasenko hit the 30-goal mark for the sixth time in his career, trailing only Alexander Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, and what other Eastern Conference scorer for the most 30-goal seasons among active skaters? Is that Evgeny Malkin, Steven Stamkos, or Sidney Crosby? Stolen Malkin. Ro, what year did Major League Baseball retire Jackie Robinson's number 42 across baseball? Was it 1997, 2001, or 2004? Um, can you give me those options again? Absolutely. The, I'll give you the question, too. What year did Major League Baseball retire Jackie Robinson's number 42 across baseball? Is it 1997, 2001, or 2004? It had to be the 90s. 97? All right. And on this day in 1965, the NFL changed their penalty flags to the iconic bright yellow that we know today. What color were they prior to the change? Were they red, white, or black? Red. Uh, can I, I think it's white. Can I go white? Sure. You can okay, change your white. answer. All right. Fi- final answer is white. Yes, yes. All right, you got it. Let's check our score here. Yep. Mm -hmm. Waving in Randy. Rogue confidence check from you, my man. How you feeling? Um... About 50-50. Honestly, I probably only knew one of those for sure, so... But you did good. I can tell you, you did well, my friend. Randy, say good morning to Ro. Ro, good morning. How you doing? Doing all right, Randy. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We appreciate it. Sugar still working for you? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's awesome. I'm zooming. So, Ro had an amazing breakdown of what the sugar could be doing with your body and uh-huh. his chances in the fight today. He said if the sugar is peaking right now, he doesn't mm-hmm. like his chances. But if you're getting to that pit with where the sugar's starting to take you down, I it think, might af- yeah. affect your brain. I think that's where I'm headed. I think it is. <laughs> Do you need a big nap right now, Randy, or what? It wouldn't hurt.
<laughs> I'm surprised you didn't bring in a, di- a DDP, a Diet Dr. Pepper or something. Yeah, I, I'm going with water here. Just this, really, this has to be water. Ride that wave. Yeah. Randy, are you ready to go? I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> Randy, last night Robert Thomas became the fifth Blues skater to ever record five assists in a regular season game, joining Adam Oates, Bernie Federko, Brian Sutter, and what other Blue? Oates, Federko, Sutter, and five assists for a St. Louis Blue. Oates, Federko, Sutter, and who else? I don't know if Waiter ever did it. Maybe Demetra? Um, or maybe Andy McDonald. Oh, there's a lifeline. Keith Kachuk, Red Berenson, Dallas Drake. Well, Big Walt played with more scoring players. I don't think Berenson played with enough finishers to have five assists in a game. Draker, I'll, I'll go with Big Walt. Vladimir Tarasenko hit the 30-goal mark for the sixth time in his career, mm-hmm. trailing only Alexander Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby. Wow, I'm an idiot. Sorry. So Alexander Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, and what other Eastern Conference score for the most 30-goal seasons among active skaters? So he's sorry. Vladimir Tarasenko hit the 30-goal mark for the sixth time in his career, trailing only Alexander Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, and what Damn other what? Eastern Conference score for the most 30-goal seasons among active skaters? Okay, Ovechkin... Crosby. Logic would give you Malkin here. Um, but let me think about this for a second. Um, maybe Stamkos, too. I think I will go with Steven Stamkos. What year did Major League Baseball retire Jackie Robinson's number 42 across baseball? Hmm. Let's see. 41. Hold on here. I'm thinking. I'm doing math. Okay? Okay. Uh, 40. Uh, I'll go with 1987. I don't think that was right, but I'll try it. And on this day in 1965, the NFL changed their penalty flags to the iconic bright yellow we know today. What color were they prior to the change? Hmm. I wasn't even aware of this. <laughs> I'll say that they were red. Did the sugar get to him? Did Randy compete against Roe and Sugar today? <laughs> <laughs> Seems as if he did. Matt, ring the bell. Ro, congratulations. You took down Randy in the fight. You're our winner today. You beat him three to one. Three to one. Let's go. You, you dominated him, Ro, like he dominated that Easter bunny. <laughs> so he beat me three to one back in the day. So we we're one we're one and one. There, there we you go. go. Exactly that score. So Well let's run good. let's run through our answers here. So uh, Robert Thomas became the fifth blue skater to ever record five assists in a regular season game, joining Adam Oates, Bernie Federico, Brian Sutter, and Dallas Drake. Dallas Drake. Mm-hmm. Vladimir Tarasenko hit the 30-goal mark for the sixth time in his career. He trails Ovi, he trails Crosby, and Stamkos for the most 30-goal score 
30 goal seasons, excuse me, among active skaters. Major League Baseball retired Jackie Robinson's number 42 across baseball in 1997. You were only a decade off. You had the the seven in there. You were right. And on this day in 1965, the NFL changed their penalty flags to the iconic bright yellow we know today. They were white prior Hmm. to the change. White in 1967, the flags were. Ro, congratulations. Have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you Monday as you come back to defend your title. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Ro. You too. Ro with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up, they always say good pitching beats good hitting. So does that mean the Brewers are going to beat the Cardinals? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yeah, I thought our guys still took some pretty good at-bats when you look at that game and you're thinking um, three of their back-end guys have gone three out of four and you're going to have a shot late in the game and we can get that guy out of there by the fifth. Um, you feel pretty good going in, that being the game plan, but uh, unfortunately we weren't able to deliver. That is the manager of your St. Louis Cardinals, Ali Marmol, last night after uh 5-1 loss to the Milwaukee Brewers? You got it right. 5-1 loss. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting it. And Michelle, one thing about this Brewers team is that they are superb in regards to starting pitching. Mm-hmm. Last year, they had three of the top guys in all of baseball, certainly in the National League, in terms of OPS against. If you look at the Brewers' top three and the league's top three, number one in the league was Corbin Burns. Number three in the league was Brandon Woodruff. And number 11 in the league was Freddie Peralta. So their starting pitching is great. The Cardinal offense is great, but I would rate the Brewers' pitching as better than the Cardinals because of the history that they have. I kind of think right now, if you have to pick the two teams— between the two teams, I would go with the Brewers simply because of their starting pitching and Josh Hader at the back end. I think that's why a lot of people pick the Brewers to win the division because the pitching is so outstanding. And even though, Randy, we know that a lot of players, because of the truncated spring training, aren't up to form yet and they're still working out a lot of kings, I think a lot of people look at Brand- looked at Brandon Woodruff's debut and they were thinking, oh, maybe he's not going to be as dominant. Mm-hmm. He went just three and three and two-thirds. He allowed seven runs, but he rounded out back into form yesterday. He threw five shutout innings, and I think that's kind of a, a telltale sign of what's to come for the Brewers. And even though this Cardinals offense looks like it is going to be very potent, if you have to choose one I'm going to go with with the pitching, too. I'd rather have the solid pitching over the offense. And they have the great bullpen, and they move beyond the three starters that we mentioned. Adrian Hauser was great against the Cardinals last year. Maybe had the best start of the year against the Cardinals midseason in Milwaukee. So that's another thing that the Cardinals are going to have to take a look at, in addition to the fact that we don't know what Christian Yelich is going to be. But in right field, they replaced Avisail Garcia with Hunter Renfro, who hit 30 home runs for the Red Sox last year. They're pretty solid, not great offensively. They aren't where the Cardinals are offensively, but their offense is good enough to win with. And it should be a two-team race. It should be the Cardinals and the Brewers for the National League Central, notwithstanding the Cubs' good start. I don't I don't think the Cubs are going to be able to sustain things. Right. And if you get to the end of the season, unless the Cardinals are able to get Flaherty back and get him to 16-4 and four and 24 starts, I don't... 
I don't think that the Cardinals have an advantage over Milwaukee. That's what I was going to say, too, is I think Jack Flaherty is such an obvious X factor in all of this because we're talking about the Brewers pitching versus the Cardinals offense because we don't think the Cardinals pitching is going to stack up. But what if Jack Flaherty returns to the lineup and he is what we expect, or excuse me, returns to the rotation and he is what we expect him to be? Mm-hmm. That's a completely different conversation we're having. And most of the time, and the game has changed, so it's hard for me to read what the game is. But... Back in the day, whether it was Whitey or Joe Torre or LaRusso or Matheny, and even to an extent Mike Schilt, they expected their starting pitching to kick in about the 60-game mark, about Memorial Day. And that doesn't happen anymore because of the use of analytics and because of the expectations, the reduced expectations of starting pitching. So now you need everybody to be able to kick in whatever time of year that is and the starters are going to have to give you X amount of innings that they're going to give you, and your bullpen has to be solid. And the thing is, you need a lot of pitchers because you aren't going to get as many innings out of your starters. You're going to burn up your bullpen more. So the Cardinals are going to, at some point this season, need to get good work out of people like Oviedo mm-hmm. and Libertor and the the little tiny left-hander down there. They're going to have to get good work out of the people that we saw last year up here in the bullpen. Another thing about this Cardinal lineup that we were wondering about heading into the season was how effective are the Cardinals going to be at the DH position? What does Albert Pujols really have left in the tank? What is he going to be able to give you? And so far, he's showing why this was a good move for the Cardinals, not only against left-handed pitching, but against right-handed pitching again yesterday. I would prefer if he doesn't try to steal any bases. Yeah, right. Um, But he is showing why this was a smart decision for the Cardinals. And I was really surprised yesterday, and they talked about it on BK and Ferrario, with him being in the lineup. I was really surprised that Corey Dickerson or Newt Barr didn't get the start as the DH against a hard-throwing right-hander. But he did have a hit. He almost hit a home run in the sixth inning that would have made the game a 4-2 game rather than a 4 nothing game. Obviously, the Cardinals are seeing something in Albert Pujols to make them believe that he should start against right-handers. But at the end of the day, his OPS last year against right-handed pitching was 500. It was over 900 against lefties and 500 against right-handers. So Dickerson has to be your guy at some point, sooner rather than later as your designated hitter against right-handed pitching. I think they'll probably be selective in ways that they use him or against Mm -hmm. whatever matchup it is that they use him. But I want to see Lars Nupar get some opportunities. I'm very intrigued by him. He had some moments in spring training Mm -hmm. that were pretty exciting, and I want to see what he can do. He's my devil magic pick for this year, so let's give him some opportunities. The thing about Newt is that he can hit good pitching. We saw that last year. One other quick note in this particular series against the Brewers, and I know you want to – if you think Albert Pujols – can be great, then you start him. But what a nice deterrent he is to have with Josh Hader down in the bullpen. With a three-batter minimum, and not that Hader can't get everybody out because the batting average against against Josh Hader is about 140, Mm -hmm. left-handed or right-handed. But if you're Craig Council, do you really want... Josh Hader pitching to Albert Pujols, or does Albert Pujols still scare you a little bit? That is such an interesting question, because I wonder if at this point in his career, if he really is the intimidating factor that we view him as. Because we're here in St. Louis. We've mm-hmm. seen him do it so many times. And yes, he's one of the greatest guys to to ever do it. He's one of the greatest hitters in the history of the game. But if you're Josh Hader, are you really intimidated by Albert Pujols? I don't, I don't think so, because you trust your stuff. You know how filthy you are. I think you see him coming up to the plate if you're a pitcher. And especially if you saw the home run the other night, you say, oh, man. I I know he's still got it at points, but 
you have to remember all of these athletes have confidence. Mm-hmm. Well, the majority of them do. And they they trust in themselves and they think they're the best. They're not easily right. intimidated, even if it is one of the greatest of all time. They're looking at it saying, well, I, I'm looking at the numbers. I know where he's at in his career. I'm a dominant force. I can take him on. Now, his manager might be thinking something right. different, but and I'm sure in that moment, Josh Hader is not scared. Hader is absolutely thinking that, but he's also thinking, well, it is still Albert Pujols. I'm, I'm still seeing that guy at the plate that did so much damage against our franchise for so many years. Yeah. But does it change the way you pitch him? No, no absolutely no. Not. And if you get him out, if you're Josh Hader, it only enhances your confidence. One thing that we've always talked we've talked about a lot too is how this shortened spring training is going to affect players from a health standpoint, particularly pitching. And there's always pitching injuries with every team, regardless of circumstances, mm-hmm. just what we deal with in today's game. But given the shortened spring training, I'm going to be really interested to see about the health and viability of a lot of these pitchers. And if you're relying on your pitching, you're probably feeling pretty good. What if injuries pop up for the Brewers now? Obviously, the Cardinals are already dealing with that mm-hmm. with Reyes and Flaherty. But we we tend to look at things as, as finite, as, oh, well, they've got this great pitching. Well, a lot can happen as yeah. the season goes on. And so we'll just kind of have to wait and see how that evolves. And it doesn't matter what kind of depth you have. If you lose a Burns or a Peralta or a Woodruff, then you've got problems. It's kind of like the Cardinals losing Flaherty. And you don't have – you have questions about Yelich. You have a lot more questions right. with the Brewers than I think you do with the Cardinals. Like, I think the Cardinals are in a better position losing someone like Jack Flaherty than the Brewers would be if they lost one of those guys. Cards and Brewers, day, game two of the four-game series tonight at what was formerly Miller Park and now is American Family Field in Milwaukee. Coming up next, Vladimir Tarasenko is really, really hot. What sort of a difference can he make for the Blues in the playoffs? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Opinions matter. Time now for today's big thing with Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by Seidenstricker Noby John Deere. Find them online at snpartners.com. Takes it towards the goal, sweeps it in behind the net. Throws on the break, centers, Butchnevich to Tarasenko, he scores! He's very dangerous. Um, He's not only scoring the elite goals from the outside, I think he's scoring more of the drive it to the net and and stick it down the throat type of goals. You know, you look at that goal last night when he kind of flies by Owen Powers off the defense zone faceoff and drives the net. I mean, uh, those are the type of goals we're seeing more and more uh, off and out of him. A rebound goal a couple nights, uh, a couple games ago, excuse me, at the Enterprise Center. Rebound, he's right to the front. It's kind of those dirtier goals, those greasier goals. And Craig Berube has worked with them all year long and the last couple of years for that matter as far as getting to the net and scoring more of those rugged goals. That's one of the things I've noticed this year about him, Michelle. The other thing is his motor just seems like it's never quitting. I mean, look at that game last night. After he scores that goal, he's in on the forecheck. He knocks someone off the puck. He's in physical. He's been he's in physically engaged in, in the front of the net, um, in the forecheck, uh, knocking people off bodies. Joe Vitale earlier this morning here on 101 ESPN. Vladimir Tarasenko has 12 goals in his last 18 games. We only have eight games left before we get to the playoffs. And Michelle, with the way that Joe is talking about Vladdy going to the net, essentially being a concrete pillar, Mm -hmm. that's what you're looking for come playoff time. He could be the key for the Blues, among forwards at least, come playoff time. Your goaltender is going to be your key in the playoffs. But in terms of playing playoff-type hockey, Vladdy's playing it. Yes, he is. And I just look at him 
coming into this season with a chip on his shoulder, with something to prove, being so motivated, being so happy to be healthy again and finding his game. He's hot at the right time. And I'm thinking that this is going to be a big time playoffs for Vladimir Tarasenko. I think he's going to have a lot of signature moments. And we were talking earlier in the week, Randy, about 2019. And both of us were kind of like, yeah, Vlad Vlad, didn't have really that signature moment. Mm -hmm. I went back and looked. He actually was fourth on the team in points during that playoff run. And he was second in goals, only behind Jaden Schwartz. Schwartz, he had 12. Tarasenko had 11 goals in that playoffs. But I think when you think about that playoff run, there's not really one Vladimir Tarasenko moment Mm -hmm. that sticks out in your brain and maybe it's because we had the boom boom Gunnarsson which the which was the great story and of course the Pat Maroon goal and the Schwartz hat trick there's so many other things that we point to that were maybe more dramatic than the impact that Vladimir Tarasenko made but I just look at the way he's playing now the skill level that he's playing with right now and I think that we're in for a big postseason from 91. And to piggyback on what you're saying I think that we have a tendency whether it's to take for granted what Vladdy does or have expectations, but not appreciate what he's done in the playoffs. So everybody that's played in the NHL playoffs, Vladimir Tarasenko is 32nd all-time in goals per game in the playoffs. Wow. Of all the players that have played in the NHL playoffs, he's 32nd in goals per game at .449 per game. And right now, of the players currently playing, only four have scored more goals per game than Vladimir Tarasenko. Nathan McKinnon, Braden Point, Jake Gensel, Alex Ovechkin. Those are the only four current active players to have scored more goals per game in the playoffs than Vladdy. He's a difference maker. Yeah. And you think about him and the way he's playing and how hard he is to move and the way that Robert Thomas is playing and getting him the puck. And you've got a pretty dynamic combination, and there's no doubt that number 18 has noticed the groove that number 91 is in. Yeah, I mean, he's he's playing out of his mind. and uh, But, you know, that we all know Vladdy can play like that. And, um, I mean, we just got to keep going, and, and we, we're going to have to rely on him a lot. And, Michelle, to what we're talking about in game number 83, well, Craig Bruby is seeing it. Well, it's huge, um, you know, and um, he's doing a great job. Like, he's he's leading by example. That's what I see out there with him, his work ethic and his competitiveness, and he's leading by example. That's what I see. You know, he might have been upset that he didn't get the C on his sweater. He's acting every bit of captain right now. He's he's playing like a captain. He's mm-hmm. being a force multiplier. His effort, his energy, what he is doing on the ice is making his teammates better. You see the way that he's engaged with the team. You see the way that he is appreciative and engaged with the fans whenever he talks to them. He might not be the one that's answering all the questions every night, but he is acting like a captain. He could have been an NBA guy, right? He could have been James Harden or Anthony Davis, a guy that couldn't wait to get out of a situation and missed games and not played hard and been a distraction. He's been the complete opposite. Yes. He's played hard. He hasn't been a distraction. He's been great for his teammates who love him. And especially when you have a guy like Jordan Bennington, who's had some down times, he appreciates what he's seen and heard. A lot. He's a competitor and uh, you love playing with guys like that. And, um, you know, he's bringing it every night. And uh, yeah, like I said, he's a great teammate and, um, just, just a high compete and, and, and like he, like you said, leading the way, and um, it's good to see. It would have been so easy for all of us just to crush this guy, and we kind of did early in the season when he had asked for the trade. By the way, he never said anything. It was his agent 
to give Vladdy plausible deniability. We know that Vladdy wanted to trade, but he never said it, which was smart on his part. But he didn't give us a good reason to crush him because once he showed up in camp, he was what he was supposed to be. Yeah, that is the best approach. Never answer any questions about it or say anything yourself. Just let the business happen behind the scenes. Because if he would have said something, then that's a, a soundbite we would have played over and over and over again. I, I'm with you, Randy. I think that was a brilliant approach by Vladdy. But it is a business. And I don't know this to be true. I would love to ask Jeremy Rutherford or somebody that's with the team and plugged in every day. But I wonder how much of this, going back to getting the C on the sweater, was just him feeling disrespected. Mm-hmm. Because he, he was vocal about the fact that he had been with the organization for a long time and expected that position. He was somebody who wanted to be recognized in that way. And I I imagine having that happen and coupled with the frustration that he feels not being healthy and maybe contributing some of that to the medical staff, there's just a lot of things happening that I can imagine that were feeding into Vladimir Tarasenko feeling frustrated and maybe thinking that he wanted a fresh start somewhere else. But once Doug Armstrong said, I didn't find the right situation for you. I didn't find the right deal for us. You're going to be here. Kudos to Vladimir Tarasenko for putting all of that aside and using it as fuel to the fire because boy is he burning. And I don't know what sort of communication took place between Craig Berube and or Doug Armstrong and Vladimir Tarasenko. But one thing that I know from talking to a lot of hockey players over the years is that just because you you have a certain letter doesn't make you a leader or the leader. And he had the opportunity and has seized the opportunity to become a leader even though he's an A and doesn't have the C. That's right. And sometimes that's a better position to be in because you don't have to talk to the media every night. You're not the one that is being looked at to do all of these things. You get to do it more organically and do it yourself and in your own way. And Just like we talk about Ryan O'Reilly being the first guy in, last guy out, and Mm -hmm. he's a guy who leads by example. Joe Vitale just sharing with us that when the Blues are in Miami, or when the Blues are on a a road trip and everybody else is at the beach, Vladimir Tarasenko's in the gym. He's the one that's working seven days a week and really getting it in. And players take note of that. And when you're out there and you're sacrificing your body after you've had all of these surgeries, your teammates take note of that and they respect it and they want to match that energy level. And I just think that we're seeing his line play so well and that's really been helpful for him too is having the chemistry with his line mates that he's had um, during this past stretch everything's working for Vladdy right now that's Michelle I'm Randy that's today's big thing on 101 ESPN tomorrow the Blues play an afternoon game against Minnesota and right now in the league the best race is between the Blues and the Wild for the number two spot in the central we're going to talk to Wild analyst Tom Reed about that next on 101 ESPN we're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker, great to have you with us on 101 ESPN. We have the Blues in the Wild tomorrow, 1 o'clock pregame, 2 o'clock faceoff. Alex Ferraria will have the pregame for you, and then Joe Vitale and Chris Kerber will have the action. And oh, by the way, Kerb's text to point out for that any Blues fans that might potentially travel up to Minnesota if they are our first-round opponent, you should know that Tom Reed's bar, which is walking distance to the XL Energy Center, is the best place to go <laughs> for food, beer, and every hockey game is on. Tom Reed with us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Good morning, sir. How you doing? 
Well, good morning. Now that you've given me that plug, are we done? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty close, pretty close. Man, your, your team is hot, our team is hot, and I just said to Michelle, I think right now in the NHL, as we head down the stretch, the final stretch here, the best race, the, the team's rumbling down the stretch for something with something to play for, are the Blues and the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, and I, I think I, I would agree with that. Uh, these two teams have some history going way back into 1967, and I was part of the the Blackhawks at that time, but have had many games against the St. Louis Blues, the playoffs of Minnesota with the North Stars. But this is a good race right now, and it's going to be fun. This game tomorrow is going to be a fun game. Minnesota has not fared very well against the uh, Blues this season. They lost that January 1 game They, you know, at Target at Target Field and, and uh, didn't really play that well in the game. There's a lot of problems. That, you know, when, There's so much hype with these outdoor games that sometimes you lose focus of the game itself for the players. Uh, but you know what? The last game here was a good game, and one of those situations where Minnesota had a two-goal lead in that third period, gave it up, and, and the Blues came back and won that one. But these are two heavy teams that really seem to have a good history of playing at each other. Tom, as we look towards the game on Saturday and, of course, to the playoffs, tell our listeners one thing that makes this wild team dangerous and one thing that makes them vulnerable. I think the one thing is... Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, he's dangerous. Wherever he is on the ice, he's dangerous. He leads his team here, <clears throat> excuse me, just in his second year now, but he's been absolutely terrific for the while. There's no question about it. leads his team, and he's got 42 goals on the year in just his second year. Uh, I would say that. I think the, the one area that's a little bit weak for Minnesota right now is their specialty teams, and so they have to find a way to, you know, get some uh, pizzazz going with both the power play and also p- the PK. So Minnesota, if they're going to do anything, they've got to stay out of that penalty box. Tom, we know here in St. Louis that you can win a Stanley Cup with a rookie goalie, but what difference did it make when Minnesota brought in the veteran Stanley Cup champion Marc-Andre Fleury? Well, huge. I really do believe that Minnesota has the best one-two punch of goaltenders in the National Hockey right, right now. Marc-Andre Fleury and Cam Talbot together have really solidified that area and that blue paint area, and it's been great. And Mark Andre Fleury is such an important part of the of the of this puzzle. Also, Billy Guerin did a great job. Every person that he brought in at the trade deadline has added something to this hockey club, and that was really important. But Mark Andre Fleury, even last night, I don't know if you saw it or not, but the game-winning goal by Goodrow, it was Mark Andre Fleury that initiated the play by shooting the puck off the boards on the three-on-three and getting up. He he spotted that Goudreau was wide open, so he came well out of the net to get the puck, get it forward in motion to go in there to allow Minnesota to score the game-winning goal. Tom, Jared Spurgeon and Jake Middleton, they really have seemed to have found some chemistry. What is it about those two that have clicked, and how important have the, has that pairing been to this team's success? Well, I call them a, kind of the Mutt and Jeff line because <laughs> that, that pairing, I mean, you look at Spurgeon, he's, they have not listed at 5'9". I don't believe that, but they haven't listed that. But those two guys really seem to complement each other. You've got a heavy body in the likes of, uh, you know, you, you need some size back in that blue line. There's no question about it. I think Jake Middleton has given us that at 6'3", 219 pounds. But Spurgeon is so smart with a puck. He's very, very – when you talk to Middleton, he'll tell you how gifted that Spurgeon is uh, with a puck. Very smart. And also those two guys have, have good chemistry. And both of them can jump on the play. Spurgeon more so. I mean, Spurgeon's got 96 goals, I think, in his career in the National Hockey League, which is the most by any defenseman for Minnesota. And he's not big, but he's awfully smart with the puck. He knows what to do. And I think the chemistry they have certainly is evident by the way they've played so far.
Minnesota Wild Analyst Tom Reed with us on Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. Tom, I mentioned before we went to a break that the Blues, you mentioned the success this year. Overall, the Blues, eight straight games with at least a point against Minnesota. Do you think that's a coincidence or is there something that the Blues have on the Wild? You know, you know, you look at you know, I look at Minnesota and the eighty-two games they play against each other, St. St. Louis and Minnesota. It's how you skew the numbers. If you look at Minnesota, eighty-two games, the record is thirty-four, thirty-five, and thirteen. So these two teams uh, are, are very well balanced in my mind. Uh, how they play. I mean, I go back, uh, you know, many years with with the Blues and playing against them and what they've been able to accomplish. The one thing that the Blues have that Minnesota has never had is a Stanley Cup. So we're hoping that maybe maybe this year might be the year if they can stay healthy. Everyone asks me, well, who's going to start in goal and who's going to who's going to be in defense? And you don't know at this point because you don't know who's going to be healthy and who's not. If things can change in a hurry, especially when you lose a star player. Hey, one other thing, as we mentioned at the top, your bar right near XL Energy Center. If Blues fans are headed up to Minnesota for the playoffs, what's the name of it? And tell us about getting it started and how everything's going with it. Well, I've had it. I'm in, I started in 1999 with it. It's uh, Tom Reed's Hockey City Pub. It's just two blocks from the XL Center. In the summertime, it's a nice leisurely walk. In the wintertime, when it's 20 below zero, it, you you can walk in about three minutes. So you have to be quick Good. in those cold weather areas. But I've got over 500 uh, memorabilia items in the in the bar. We seat about 300 people. And uh, we've got two bars in there. We've got a patio, and hopefully the weather's going to be nice. We're going to be outside with the fireplaces and the, and the pillars all lit up and so on. But it's going to be an exciting time. But we we have a great following, and we were voted one of the top 30 uh, hockey bars in the world, which goes a long way when you think of, you know, the, the other teams and the European squadron and so on. But uh, it's uh, it's been it's been a, a, an experience. It's It's always a tough business, but you know what? When the team is playing well and you're winning, it's fun to have the atmosphere that we have in our pub. I can't imagine what it's like in the state of hockey. And these two teams, the Blues and the Wild, have had some really good playoff series in the past. We're looking forward to another, but we're looking before that to tomorrow over at Enterprise Center. Tom, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. All right, thank you. Take care. Tom Reed, he is the Wilds analyst on KFAN in Minnesota. And by the way, tomorrow you can join Michelle at Copper Fire in Belleville between noon and 2 before the Blues Wild game. Come out before the game and enjoy some lunch and 16 taps all served ice cold. Plenty of screens to watch the game once the puck drops at 2. All happening tomorrow, noon to 2 with Michelle at Copper Fire. Get more details at 101ESPN.com. You mentioned the great things there, Randy. 13 TVs throughout the space. They have 16 beers on tap. And they have the largest boozy slushy bar on the Illinois side of the river. Hard to beat that. You can mix and match the flavors. There's three different sizes. They have one dedicated to the blues called the Gloria Cocktail Slushy. What more could you ask for? What would you think of the combination of having a Reese's Bunny before you take partake of the uh, slushy bar? I don't know if that would be a favorable mix. Okay. I would I would advise against it. But what I would advise is that you don't eat the Reese's Bunny. I wouldn't say give up the the cocktail slushies over at Copper Fire. Yeah, I'm saying that uh, the one pound Reese's Bunny in an hour probably doesn't go well with anything. Let's get a bunny update. How are you feeling? <laughs> Not great. <laughs> to take people behind the scenes. In the last commercial break, I looked over at Randy and he kind of had that glazed eye look. He didn't look so hot. I think he was having the, the sugar sweats a little. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, Randy, how you doing? He goes, Not great. I go, 
what's going on over there? Describe to me how you're feeling. He goes, I think I might throw up. <laughs> I said, really? So I ran over and I grabbed a trash can. I brought it over to Randy. So far, so good. You have about 30 minutes left in the show. Can we get to the finish line without Randy getting sick? That's- I don't think there's any question that I'm going to power through this. Um, not great. Yeah. You're a gamer. You are, in fact, a gamer. Yeah. You'll make well. it. But I'm wondering, as soon as the balloon party starts, are you running to the bathroom to get sick? No, I'm going to go outside. What's the temperature, you think? I'll tell you right if now. If I get cool weather, I'm golden. I'll be just, I, I might even go out and take a bike ride today. Randy, it's 57 degrees in St. Louis. <laughs> That's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So maybe walk a quick nine or something? You, sh- you should definitely get some movement in your day. You should movement exercise. Movement in your day like, is important. Not strenuous exercise because that could upset your stomach. Yes, but it could. I would say some leisurely walking. Yeah, a leisurely bike ride, bike ride or great. walking. Yeah, I can, I'll can. i work on that, Michelle. I have to say, Randy, though, you do look a little glazed. I kind of feel a little glazed. Do you regret your decision to... Not at all. You challenged me. You didn't think I could do it, and I did. I am impressed. Horrified, but impressed. <laughs> Good. You know what they say, Randy, in, this, in the Sandlot? Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. And what do we have today? Is this, is this legendary? You are a legend yeah, for Matthew, doing this. Matthew, buying in? That movie also has the tobacco scene. Good, good point. <laughs> this is your tobacco. But he's not going on a ride. That's a fair point. He's it's, stationary. You just said he's going to go on a ride. Sedentary. I'm trying to, t- I'm trying to do the cautionary tale. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. No rides. Okay, thanks. Coming up next, you're killing me, Smalls, on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's totally killing Smalls right now? You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls, with Michelle Smallman on 101 ESPN. Michelle, you know how many games there are in a Major League Baseball season. I, I do, 162. Tonight will be game six. Okay. And Matthew said that if Michaelis doesn't pitch well, he's going to start to get concerned. Fired off. It's the first week of the season. Six games in. I mean, is this technically the second week since we had the opening day last week? Yeah. It's the second week of the season. Still. Game six. Game six out of 162. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. We have him too, right? I think he's helpful in this situation. I think we can yeah, get get some help from A-Rod. Uh, he is a guy that just seems to have it figured out. I mean, he's just a smart guy. You'll have a glass of scotch and chill out a little bit. R-E-L-A-X. We, Relax. We, we just We're going to be okay. We just did a segment about comparing the offense of the of the Cardinals versus the pitching of the Brewers and how they're not going to stack up with the pitching. And Long time. It's still, I know, I know. I'm just saying. I don't think I'm freaking out. The, yeah, I am. Okay, fine. <laughs> I lose. You win. All right, it's time for... I have something caught in my throat. I keep coughing. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> We're falling apart, Randy. With uh, 30 minutes left in the show, both of us are deteriorating quickly. I don't know what's going on. Struggle busters. I do. With my voice, yeah. <laughs> well, today's Jackie Robinson Day, a very important day, not only in Major League Baseball, but in sports and in American history. It's the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson's debut. He made his debut on April 15th, 1947. There's going to be a lot of tributes throughout Major League Baseball today, but all of Major League Baseball will wear Robinson's 42 and Dodger blue. That is cool that everybody's doing that in Dodger blue. And also, if you have a bunch of new players, troubling because you don't know who's stepping up to the plate. <laughs> or pitching. 
<laughs> you guys, I'm dying over here. I love it every year, though. It's, it's first of all, 42 is one of the best numbers in sports, and then every, everyone's just you know caravanning around. You get Bryce Harper hitting home runs a couple of years, and just you know hitting the hitting the bags for that that trot in the 42. It's iconic. Mm-hmm. It works every year. It really does. Who was the last guy before Mariano Rivera? Who was the last guy to wear number 42? Tell us. I believe it was Butch Husky. I think he mm. actually lasted beyond Mo Vaughn. Which Husky maybe was Seattle? Hmm. We'll have to look gonna that be, up. Going to be my guess. We've got research on that. Yeah, let's do that. Some news out of the NFL. Randy Adam Schefter tweeting that the Colts are giving Stephon Gilmore a two-year $23 million deal. That includes $14 million guaranteed. So the cornerback heading to Indianapolis. He was maybe the best cornerback in the year, uh, in the season, in 2022. In 2020. Last year, he was not so great. He wanted a new contract. The Patriots cut him. He went to Carolina. He was not great. The guy's 31 years old and he can play. I really think that this is a good signing for Indy. He was the defensive player of the year in 2019. Isn't that amazing? Five-time Pro Bowler. I think that this is a good pickup for them. What's he doing out on the market until April 15th? It's amazing that he's lasted this long. But that being said, the teams that don't overpay in the first two days of NFL free agency are generally the smart teams that that win. And I know that the Colts screwed up with Carson Wentz last year, but I think that's a pretty smart organization. I think Chris Ballard, their GM, is pretty smart. So some more NFL news, Randy. Tom Palacero of NFL Network tweeted this, that the Cardinals have yet to make a contract offer to Pro Bowl quarterback Kyler Murray, whose agent Eric Burkhart informed the team weeks ago that he was pulling his opening proposal off the table. Other teams are monitoring this closely. Arizona is insisting that Kyler Murray won't be traded, but some drama still brewing in Arizona with the Kyler Murray contract situation. I think when you look at some of the big contracts that have been signed, specifically Wentz and Goff, you want to be as cautious as you can possibly be before you give the guy the $120, $130 million. I don't, I don't begrudge at all the Cardinals for not offering Murray the long-term contract yet. Do you? I, I haven't seen enough I of haven't him seen enough either. To, to give him one of those monster contracts. And I have to believe that he's going to ask for it to all be guaranteed. But I just think most other organizations would realize how important their quarterback's happiness is to the equation. And that doesn't mean giving him money if you don't think that he is worthy of it mm-hmm. just yet. But it does seem like they're they're going with a little bit of a gamble here that Kyler Murray I mean he removed all of their uh, any sort of Arizona Cardinals things from his Instagram now he's since put them back up he said oh that's just what kids my age do Mm -hmm. we we like to clean up our grids or whatever I'm paraphrasing there but it doesn't seem like a positive relationship that's happening right now between Kyler Murray and the organization no and I wonder if Kyler Murray goes the direction of Baker Mayfield, if the Cardinals look for an alternative, if they don't get exactly what they're looking for out of Kyler Murray in 2022, you have to think that they've got an eye on the next guy if they haven't offered Murray the, the contract. But who is the next guy? That's the thing. I just Derek Carr is a great example. He's a quarterback that's been really consistent. He's a really good leader. He's probably underrated. Mm-hmm. But how many times in recent years have there been conversations about is Derek Carr the guy? Should they move on from him? 
do they expect more from him? Not every quarterback is going to be Aaron Rodgers. Not every quarterback mm-hmm. is going to be Tom Brady. And you can win with quarterbacks that are on a different tier. And this guy was in the playoffs, right? He, Kyler Murray was a playoff quarterback. But I, I still, because of what happened with Goff and Wentz, and we all thought that those guys were going to be great. I just can't do it right now. I can't do it if I'm the Cardinals either. But I do wonder if they're not sold on him and they move on from him. They don't think he's worth the money if they'll regret it down the road. That could happen. But I I was thinking about this the other day. Aside from Ryan Tannehill, how often has that happened that somebody has just misevaluated a quarterback and he's gone somewhere else and been good? And I think, by the way, the reason I was thinking about it, because I think it might happen with Baker Mayfield, like we were talking about. If Baker Mayfield goes to Seattle, I could see that happening. I don't put Matthew Stafford in this conversation because I don't think he was Mm -hmm. misevaluated. He was just not put in a position to succeed because Detroit was obviously an abysmal place for many years. But I do think he's a good example of a quarterback that had numbers, but we put him on a certain tier and he was always talked about in the what if category mm-hmm. and then he was put in a position with weapons and a good coach and clearly he won a Super Bowl. And I, I'm not comparing Matthew Scafford's skill set to, to Kyler Murray's. We still mm-hmm. need more of a sample size from Kyler. And I think if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, watching the attrition of the team as the season has gone on and what they've done in the second half, yeah. that concerns me. Right. They need DeAndre Hopkins to stay healthy for the entire season. Matthew's... He's flummoxed. I can't, a, I can't think of a quarterback. This the, is there this are is many. Legi- this is legitimately bothering me. Like I like the earliest one. I can go back. I have to go back to like Rich Gannon, like coming going. You know, moving from the Vikings to the but Raiders. He was, like he a, was like a fourth round draft pick. Exactly. So he, he didn't have the the hype to you know have to like reclaim. Right. So I can't. I can't think of a quarterback. I mean, Darnold maybe was supposed to be that guy, but he's not. Yeah. So Pelissera also added this, that four quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, Matthew Stafford, and Derek Carr have signed contract extensions worth $40 million or more in the past month as the market continues to go up. Kyler Murray is due about $5.5 million on 2022, and Pelissero says it'd be a surprise if he plays on that deal. But if, if I'm Kyler Murray's agent, of course I'm looking at the landscape uh, in the NFL and the financial uh, landscape mm-hmm. and what quarterbacks are getting paid. And I'm probably saying... To my client, again, if I'm the agent, I'm looking at Derek Carr and I'm saying, well, look at the deal that he got. Mm -hmm. We should at least be in that same conversation or at least I can get you closer to that number. Yeah, I I agree on that front. But I wonder if agents now will look at Deshaun Watson and say, hey, he doesn't even need to play and somebody will pay him a bunch of money. But and that's an outlier. And the last time we'd seen Deshaun, he led the league in passing yards. Correct. And this, that situation is incredibly unique, and it's the Browns. Right. But I wonder if holding out will actually work for guys. I don't know. Or, or are you going to pull a Russell Wilson and make your discontent known, look around at, at what's going on in the NFL, and then tell the Cardinals, I, I don't want to be here. This is where I think I can go. You clearly aren't going to pay me. I know Russ was a different situation financially, but... It just seems like quarterbacks have kind of gone the NBA route yeah. where they're they're exerting their power and their influence and they're trying to get things to work out in their favor and we're seeing it happen more often than not. Now, Aaron Rodgers ended up staying in Green mm-hmm. Bay, but Tom Brady went to Tampa. It worked out. Aaron Rodgers stayed in Green Bay, but he got the power and the influence that he wanted. 
Russell Wilson got to move out of Seattle, and now he's with Denver. I think a lot of these quarterbacks are saying, if they can do it, I can do it. Yeah. Even though Kyler Murray is not in the same conversation as those three quarterbacks. And I think that's the key, Michelle. I think Murray needs to bet on himself to have a good year and show that he can play because his skill set is unique. If he goes to another team, they're going to have to build their offense around him rather than just plug him in. Thank you, Michelle. You're welcome. And that is your Killing Me Smalls on 101 ESPN. If we go way back, and I don't think this is, well, I guess it would be misevaluation. Steve Young from Tampa to San Francisco would be one. But I'm talking about recent vintage when teams are giving up on quarterbacks after two or three years. I really don't think that there is a guy. Tannehill would be the closest one. I think, he had, yeah, we have some people texting in Drew Brees. And it's like it's not like he had failed in San Diego. No. He, he had a bad shoulder, but he was productive there. And, you know, they made the move for Rivers because they were bad and had the pick there. So I, don't, I, I think that's maybe one of the closer ones, but I don't think it's yeah. comparable even to Tannehill. And remember, Brees started his last game for the Chargers. He had not been misevaluated. Like you said, they knew that he was good. And he walked in free agency because they had drafted Rivers. Coming up next, we're going to head down the stretch with a little uh, What's on Tap here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Character and Smallman podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. show, Michelle, and Austin Hernandez has joined us here in studio as a shadow this morning here at the 101 ESPN studios, and I'm sure he's wondering, is this the way it always is? <laughs> yeah, and can confirm it is. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't always eat full one pound. By the way, Tim McKernan says that he could do the one pound chocolate bunny in one hour. What do you think? I think we need to go buy another one, and he has an hour show conveniently. Oh yeah, that is convenient. He, he's he's a much he's a much slighter individual than you are, Randy. He's, well, look at Joey Chestnut though. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm a big. See, the thing is, I'm a bigger guy, and I could never do what you just did, Randy. And that would surprise some people. But yeah, I can't. I don't. I don't have that kind of fortitude. That's what it. It's all about fortitude. Fortitude. Intestinal fortitude. And mental toughness. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like to think I have. I don't, but I like to think I have. Fifty percent pain. Fifty percent concentrated power of will. You just grind through it, is what you did. That's what you have to do. We went live on my Instagram, and people were cheering you on. You knew you had the crowd behind you. Yeah. You didn't want to disappoint the listeners. Everyone was was texting in, right. commenting on my Instagram. They were saying, "Randy, Randy." That was very nice of them. I appreciate that. You had the full support of St. Yeah. Louis. Then I, we had some people that texted in and said, "I'm not going to listen anymore." Click. One guy. Well, another guy later did. Okay, two Because he didn't like our 8 o'clock segment. Two guys. Why? What was our 8 o'clock segment? He just didn't appreciate Alex Smith and uh, Vladimir Tarasenko coming back and turning in the second or third biggest comebacks of all time. I gave credit where credit was due. Did a lot of good that did. You know, again, I I don't want to upset my fellow Catholics, so I'm going to abstain from this. Michelle washed her hands of that one. Oh, boy. Hey, guys. You know what? So... I am half Catholic, okay? My family is, I'm, I'm, I grew up Presbyterian. That being said. So how are you half Catholic? Yeah, because they are. So like I eat fish oh, your on family Fridays. is half Catholic. Yeah, I thought you said you were half Catholic. They're Catholic, so I kind of play the game. I have a friend who's half Catholic and half Jewish. She calls herself a cashew. 
<laughs> I love that. That's great. Yeah. So, as you guys know, I gave up red meat for Lent. You did. Uh, I have not eaten any red meat. Randy Carriker. Yeah. Good work. I am going to go to Schnooks on Saturday or tomorrow or Sunday, and I'm getting the biggest ribeye in the world to put on the Traeger on Monday night. Enjoy that. You've Randy. earned it. See, I think I think Friday, perfect day for lunch. I think there are so many good burger places. I say, go not go fi- go find yourself. Well, a- not today. Oh, no, you you oh, oh, I guess you can't break it on Friday, you can you? Till, well, no, no, you're not supposed to eat meat on Fridays yeah, during I'm, Lent, especially I've, Good Friday. You're I've supposed la- to be fasting today. I thought today was the day you got to break it. I tell you what, no. I miss World, and I know you've got them south. I know you've got them in St. Charles County. I miss having a Long John Silver's close. I like Long John Silver's. You know what's funny about that comment? I. I've seen the Long John Silvers. I don't think I've ever actually eaten at a Long John Silvers in my entire life. It is just such greasy fish. Might not even. Uh, I'm not going to say the breading is a snack in the. In, you get you get the takeout delicious. and there's just like all the breading is there on the bottom and you can just kind of oh, pick it yeah, at the yeah, end. Yeah. Oh, right. absolutely! Everyone does it. That's not delicious. a weird thing, Randy. You're not alone in that one. But I do know this that in the Long John Silvers in our metro area. If you go to one during the Lenten season on Fridays, they have really long lines. So I'm not the only one that loves it. So the 636 texting with an amazing point, Randy. It, he, uh, this person says, you guys talk about guys meaning as much to their sports as Tiger means to golf, but you never mention Joey, Ches- <laughs> Joey Chestnut. Shameful. It's kind of true. But there's a Kobayashi. Yeah. This, this is my whole point. Kobayashi got kicked out. I mean, it's not like David Duvall got kicked out. But... You have Joey Chestnut in the same right. conversation as someone else. I think you do. Kobayashi. Yep. We know both of them. Yeah. You know what golf needs is a 400-pound hip-hop star like Badlands Booker. Oh. I thought you were going to go with PETA protest. No. No, no. You don't do that. Someone Bad- else texted in and said Randy's next rap single should be called Bunny Killer. <laughs> you like it? Bunny Killer by Bunny Randy Killa. MC. It's not a bad thought. Should I write one? I mean, I haven't produced in a minute, Randy. I could still write you a Randy rap. I used to write Randy's Randy raps yeah. back in the day. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was, was his producer. Yeah, I she could write flow, yes. Yeah. I thought that was pure, uncut character. Oh, no. She. One thing about the mean streets of Creve Corps and the mean streets of Belleville, they're both Midwestern mean streets, and there's a lot of similarities. So Michelle kind of gets my vibe. Yeah. Nelly totally gets my Saint Lunatics, Michelle Smallman. Yeah. Listen, we're both from if you want to put us in the general St. Louis area, which we are, mm-hmm. most dangerous city in the country. There you go. Just Google it. We have the record. We are the most dangerous city in America. My son had a college roommate who was from Connecticut and had a shirt that said, I sever- survived the murder capital of the world wow really yeah so t-shirt made you know i was i spent a lot of time in new york and someone we were at dinner was saying man new york has gotten really dangerous and i was like really i feel so safe here and they're like what i go dude i'm from st louis (laughs) okay (laughs) i feel super safe here (laughs) they looked at me like what i was like google it and by the way congratulations to the city apparently murder rates are down all right yeah so st louis you've done it mike Ryder told us we are not the number one in the world we're number 27 in the world in the world we're we're, we're number one one in the country we're number one in the country okay what's number one in the world is mike Ryder have it i'm guessing the capital of the cap. Oh, it's in Mexico. Okay, I was going to oh, go with well, the I get that. Yeah. I was going to go with like Damascus or something. I think the drug trade has moved from Colombia to Mexico. Say that again. Colombia. Colombia. Yeah. So there you go. A great week by our producer engineer, the one, the only Matthew Rocchio. Thank you. What? Happy Easter. Hey, pleasure. Happy Easter, everybody. Yeah, Michelle. I guess we'll all come back. 
on Sunday, on Monday. We will be all the way back. (laughs) Roll the stone away. We thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Have a good Friday, a happy Easter, and for all of us, until Monday morning at 7, have a great weekend, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Character and Smallman Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.